0: We're in for a wild night.
1: Welcome, 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 to another episode of Born to Be Wild. I am your stand-in host, Blue Train, but Nate's here. We just had some technical difficulties, so I rolled the intro music. Nate. <laughs>
2: hey welcome everybody to episode 136 of born to be wild a wild exclusive hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends talking about the wild format of hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community i'm your host as always nate wolf it is great to be back on this beautiful winter friday evening here in uh, southern southern sunny southern california it's uh mm-hmm. It is winter. That means it's uh, 75 degrees here instead of uh, 80. So it's a uh, p- palm tree Christmas this year for me. Uh, but very happy to be back, uh, especially I missed the last two weeks because um, I had a work a work event last week that I had to go to. And then the prior week, um, I, I think we canceled the show for some reason. Anyways, it's I'm super happy to be back. Um, uh, just a quick heads up. Sheep is out this week. Um, not feeling a little bit under the weather, so hopefully... Uh, Sheep will be back soon, but uh, I'm joined tonight by three of my favorite people. So, first, Hydralisks, welcome back. How are you tonight?
3: I'm doing great. Much, much better than I was earlier this week. I was uh, feeling more like Sheep earlier this week. I was not well, but I am here. I am feeling great, and I'm happy for some lore tonight.
2: Do, do Hydralisks, like, throw up like acid, or is that just aliens?
3: <laughs> um... i I don't think you would want to be anywhere near me when that happens uh this is not the it's not starcraft lore tonight
4: (laughs) 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 i'm picturing you like one of the vultures that one of their their weapons is projectile vomiting
3: yeah like acid spores
2: (laughs) so um it's not good for your teeth either i'm sure (laughs) oh gross well it's great to yeah i missed everybody so it's great to to hear your voice and to see you on screen um, as I mentioned, Sheep is not with us tonight, and uh, the the man behind the curtains, our very own um, Santa Surprise Pikachu Blue Train, welcome back. Thank you for running things. Appreciate that. And uh, how are you this week?
1: I'm well. I'm a poor substitute for
2: Sheep, but I'll endeavor
1: to do my best. No, it's been it's been a busy week. Um, I have the next two weeks off for uh, Christmas and the holidays, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, but you know how it is with work. Uh, the prep to, to make sure that things would uh, not crater in my absence meant that uh, it was a pretty intense uh, couple weeks. Uh, but, uh, you know, it wasn't all, wasn't all work. Uh, we got to hang out the other night, Nate, and uh, play some uh, Marvel Snap, uh, which was uh, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but looking forward to, to, to having this uh, lore episode be my inaugural vacation kickoff
2: all right let's go nice yeah and uh our returning lore master goliath the dwarf is here tonight very festive in your red uh christmas sweater over there i'd love to see <laughs> it
4: welcome back how are you Goliath? ah i am doing quite well overall i am very much feeling what you're talking about blue uh, working in the newspaper business People still expect a paper to come out even when the reporters are on vacation. So I've been front loading a lot of stuff, trying to write like three weeks worth of newspaper stories at once with non time sensitive things. <laughs> it's been a bit, been a bit intensive week, especially since uh, a lot of people in my area have been coming down with the flu. But um, I'm feeling uh, healthy myself, thank goodness. And I um Very much looking forward to... uh, Coincidentally, we just had our first significant snowfall uh, last night. So I find it very appropriate as I'm glancing out my window with new snow on the ground, talking about one of the snowiest bits of lore that we possibly could.
2: Nice, nice. Not quite
4: the palm tree
1: Um. Christmas that Nate described.
4: (laughs) No, no, I look forward to being a snowbird someday 50 years in the future.
1: That's, that's why Hydra and I ended up uh, in this part of Canada, because uh, there no, there's no, no snowbird destination in Canada unless you count Turks and Caicos, which isn't really part of Canada. So, so British <laughs> Columbia, is uh, depending on where you are, can be relatively mild, but uh, it's still chilly out there. It's, uh, it's, it's right at freezing. It's like, what, 30, 36 degrees, 34 degrees in, 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 in freedom speak? It's two degrees Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: like that. <laughs>
5: That's
3: hilarious. Yes, we definitely migrated to the the right place where um, like Nate, we do have palm trees, but they don't get as big. They're kind of small.
1: yeah, yeah, we we have a climate that can support palm trees here. They don't. They're not native, but if they're brought in, they they can survive because the ground uh, water doesn't freeze. So, um, yeah. So there are certain parts that, especially near the water, they they have them. Which down the street from me, there's a couple palm trees. It was the first time I came here. It was really what struck me: how are there palm trees here, and why don't I live here? And, <laughs> and now I know. why there are palm trees, and and I do live here. So uh, there you go um but we have uh oh sorry go ahead hydra
3: i I was gonna say it still blows my mind because a lot of the the houses in my neighborhood have them too people like to put them in their front yards and i want to just go walking around i'm like where do i live because i grew up in places that this was impossible for this to happen so it's just i've been here 10 years too and it still blows my mind
4: (laughs) yeah a little
2: surreal.
3: Yeah, but we do have a show to get to, so for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. Let me briefly explain how this show works. We record this podcast live every Friday evening at twitch.tv born to be and the video version of this podcast is then posted to YouTube shortly thereafter. Audio versions are also distributed to all podcast apps, However, you're watching, listening, or absorbing via osmosis this podcast today. Thank you. Yes, you. Are.
2: Yeah. Hey, thank you very much, everybody. And yeah, before we get into the show proper, do wanted to do just our quick. Um, kind of thank yous to not only, um, to number one, to Shokunin, who's the executive producer of our show. Uh, your support means the uh, the world to us, but also to our other patrons. Um, big shout out to R. Morin, who has been here from the, the very beginning. We saw today 25 months, uh, in a row, subscribing to our, to our uh, Twitch Ooh. channel over here. So super nice. Yeah. Um,
0: that's dedication. So
2: really, really appreciate you. And, um, and everybody else who, uh, helps keep the lights running over here. Um, working with Christina on some new artwork, by the way, which, uh, should be pretty fun. And, uh, so we have that to look forward to. Um, very quickly, if you're interested in, uh, supporting us, there's a couple of quick and, and easy ways that you can do it. If you like comment, subscribe to our stuff on YouTube, that helps. Um, also if you, uh, you know, comment or, um, subscribe or leave comments on our, uh, podcast, either iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice. That helps. Um, If you're watching this live on Twitch or someone who uses Twitch, we do have a bunch of emotes that you can unlock. There are some that you can get for free by following. There's others that you can get by subscribing. Um, Yeah, uh, which is free, by the way, if you have Amazon Prime um our has been subscribing to this channel longer than i have <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there you go um we do have i always forget about this but we do have some pretty cool merch that's up uh there's links to it on our website um i have pictures of schmoopy daddy and Smoopy mommy wearing our shirts i love it um and uh if you all are interested uh, there's a link to that on our website um we do have a Patreon if you're interested in supporting for as little as a dollar a month. And finally, if you're in- interested in interacting with any of us personally, uh, we uh, hang out on Discord quite a bit. It's a free and uh, a really fun place online where we hang out. We've got a whole community and we, we share um, you know silly stories, funny usernames, deck lists, news articles and all of that stuff. Um, it's turned into a little bit of a mini tradition, but uh, I like going through and seeing the funny usernames that have been posted over the past week. And uh, my my favorite one from the past week is uh, Princess Butt Fart. That was pretty good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that's, a, that's a name. If there ever was one, you know, we do have the ability now to report inappropriate usernames.
3: <laughs> Sadly, that's fairly. Some of us, us far don't far want to. Know, I think. It, Yeah, that, that's a, like
2: a cute, inappropriate name.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, this this episode is dedicated to uh Princess Buttfart if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um yeah, you can uh, find links to all of our stuff on our website again borntobewildhs.com. I've been a little bit neglectful. Uh I need to add a couple of our parody songs and uh links to a couple of the past episodes, which I'll probably do over the weekend, but aside from that, it, all the links and stuff should be there. So yeah, please check it out. Um, join us. We we love interacting with people. And um, I'm going to say it right now, uh, I, I always do this. We There's some people who watch the video versions. Uh, we post the video version to Spotify now. So if you listen that way, you can have the option of watching as well. But with the lore episodes in particular, I always recommend to watch because we put graphics up on the screen. Um, so that as you're listening to the lore segments, you can see pictures of the cards, you can see pictures of the artwork from the lore books, you can see um, pictures from the in-game uh, World of Warcraft or Warcraft 3 or wherever we're pulling from. And uh, it's always really fun to see, especially tonight where there's some epic battles and the artwork. is just so cool. So uh, this is your friend re- friendly reminder. This is a lore episode. Please uh, watch the video version if you can. Anyways, before we jump into the lore, um, which we will post as a separate segment on YouTube if you want to watch it separately, we do have a few um, uh, news things. And because we, um, well, I haven't been here for the last couple weeks, I did want to do just a really quick um, recap of our weeks as well. Um, I hit Legend uh, over the last week, which was cool. Um, I did it on mobile because, so I, I used Fish Rogue. Up to Diamond 10, like right before the expansion dropped, and uh, it was going great, you know, it was working just fine. And then, uh, I got real busy with work and family stuff and, and didn't play until the expansion came out. And then I thought, well, I'll try some of the new cards. And of course, I used the uh, the new broken deck, the Discard Warlock. Um, <laughs> tisk, and it,
1: tisk. tisk.
2: You know what? I think it it's it's so absurd. I think you have to use it now because it has to be hit. It might take them several months, but like I think it has to because I it's like I
1: think you might not have to wait all as long as that.
2: I wouldn't well, it sounds like we're going to get uh, some some balance changes uh coming in the next week or so. I don't want to necessarily say nerfs because there, there might be there some buffs are... too.
1: There are going to be balance changes on the 21st. That's Tuesday. I think that it's already confirmed that that there's going to be a balance update. And while we don't have any real details, um, I think that with some Twitter activity we saw earlier in the week, um, they alluded to the fact that there's going to be something done about Wild. Interestingly enough... um, while discard warlock it's been hard to get good stats on it because everyone's playing it and like it's hard to get stats on a deck when it's mirror after mirror uh mm-hmm. apparently uh i was talking to wild community leader and figurehead james corbett games earlier today he mentioned that shaman collectively as a class had a higher win rate than warlock this morning i don't know if it huh. held but uh free shaman uh leading the way uh, seems like things are already kind of shifting it'll be interesting to see what they do um we all think they yeah. do something about discard because it has like a similar play pattern to like darkest hour and like some of the other warlock decks they nerfed but uh i i, I we'll, we'll see but i think there's going to be some kind of balance change on um uh, monday uh or sorry tuesday but yeah. uh yeah fingers i, I crossed.
2: anticipate i so I hit legend with an eighty three percent win rate, which is a little absurd um and uh i I was kind of late, right it wasn't it wasn't until i don't know December ten twelve whatever it was and uh so I came in at two thirty five which is okay Uh it it's okay. a little bit hot
1: just just you know two hundred
2: I'm used to coming in lower yeah anyways so i, <laughs> I the, the, the deck is crazy. uh you can do twenty plus damage from hand uh, on like turn four or did you or verse whatever. like did, did you have a lot of mirrors
3: in that or? yes yes but it, <laughs> I,
2: I a ton of them a ton of them but it was still early and i think that people like here's what happens right people post the deck and people say like oh this is the meta tyrant oh the deck is broken but that doesn't teach you how to play it mm. and so yeah. i was playing a bunch mm. of mirrors but people were playing it poorly and so i was winning um and, and so, I, you know, once but once you figure out the play pattern, like it's it's pretty straightforward. It's just it's different. It's not like you're just dumping hand every turn. You you're like, gosh, especially the first handful of turns. I was like just tap tap tap, and then I dump and like OTK people. It was crazy. So, it depends what you're facing, what your matchup is. But there's there's a little bit of nuance to it, but. Yeah, I, I've been kind of like I hit Wild Legend and then I've been steering clear because I, I'm tired of facing Warlock mirror matches. But it's, uh yeah, no, here's the thing, right? You you have to, um, especially you trying to grind for, for Legend, like you get punished for mistakes uh, that you make, but I have to, you know, return the favor in kind, right? If someone makes a mistake, I'm going to capitalize on it because I'm a, a mean person, but I also like winning games. So there we go. Um anyways, uh Q Q Hydra to uh welcome welcome us to the news.
1: Okay, so before we, we jump into the news, um so because I'm running the audio, um the guys can't I, hear it. So so I could say that I played the news bumper and <laughs> and no I'm one sure would you be didn't, the
2: wiser. Hydra so, can so, just sing it live. <laughs> so
1: so so wait. I, I, I am gonna rise above my personal dislike of the news bumper and take a hit for the show, and I'm going to play it. Now, I'm off cam tonight because I have a little bit of a headache, light more than noise. So I promise you that as as I play the bumper, I am wincing and grinning and, and clenching my teeth. All right. So So here we go. As promised, the news bumper. All right. I'm thinking of chickening out here. Alright, I'm playing it.
0: Welcome to the news. The news is so good.
1: Okay, I did it. And Nate, you can verify it after.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope all you can think about when you go to sleep tonight is my beautiful (laughs) voice.
5: synthetically
1: altered. It sounds nothing like you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, uh happy feast of wintervale everybody. Free things. Yeah,
3: we hey.
4: got
2: some free things.
1: Uh you know, I have to say, this is pretty generous. Now, the generosity that I speak of is uh 10 free packs of Hearthstone. Um and if you're a multi-region gamer, then times however many regions you play on um Mm -hmm. two packs of the last five sets uh so basically last year and this year um and uh you know it's funny the minute that that something nice is done everyone jumps to the worst possible place Oh, they're giving people 10 free packs because they want people to log in so they don't get the 80 free packs or whatever how many they get if they <laughs> get to log in for a long time. No, no. Oh my gosh. There there, <laughs> there is someone heard... there is someone in our chat right now who may have suggested such things. I name no names. I name no
2: names. <laughs> I heard but, that they uh, were giving some people 150 packs. That's crazy. 150,
3: yeah, one of my friends that I used to work with yeah. Um, and it's hilarious. His name actually is Ben. So when I refer to him, I say Ben from work, but that's going to confuse everybody. It's a different Ben from work.
2: <laughs> but uh,
3: yeah, 150 free packs he got. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, my, I thought my friend
1: I, handsome Pete got got that as well.
2: Um, dang, yeah, that's that's rad. I, I thought you were gonna say people were complaining that they're giving us uh, sets that are about to rotate.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe they did. I'm sure they did, but uh, you know,
4: um, <laughs> what? I, I, these I, are to players. Rotate? It doesn't matter. Yeah, let's all complain right.
2: about our free stuff. I want a refund.
0: <laughs> hey guys,
1: I've been playing. <laughs> I've been playing other games along with Hearthstone, Marvel Snap, Magic: The Gathering. You you get a relative bargain by comparison i'm not just saying this um i i you know go go check it out for yourselves uh you know 10 free packs is uh is pretty sweet um, yeah
2: no you know what i my so my kid is is free to play oh well, for the most part every once in a while he'll get something but but mostly free to play and um 10 free packs uh is amazing for someone who's not Regularly buying, you know, cosmetics and bundles and stuff. And Especially
3: so, with duplicate protection, because it's yeah. all new stuff. Yep. Yeah. Very
4: handy for me. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I am a largely free-to-play, except when I am very, very tempted by the occasional cosmetic. <laughs> it's happening more and more lately, because they're turning out a lot more cosmetics. Yeah, oh my goodness. In, in that
1: regard, maybe quantity over quality in some cases, but... You um, know... Yeah. Uh,
2: I'm still waiting. By the way, we've got a lot to touch on tonight. But, like, we just got the best Rogue portrait that I have ever seen. Um, uh, the the new Edwin portrait is amazing. I'm still a little irritated that, like, I don't want the five packs that came with it that, that made the price jump by $10. But, like... I thought that was the whole point of Runestone, so that I could just buy the portrait and not the packs. I but, think
1: like, I think yeah. when they made that deck statement, there was a little asterisk that said battlegrounds only. But uh, I don't mm. know. Maybe maybe these things tend to <laughs> lag a little bit, so maybe maybe we'll see that change next year. I, I don't <laughs> know, but you know,
2: anyways, whatever so. you know. I mean, for me, because we kind of whale out is like, okay, cool. Now I'm sitting on five rogue packs, and I'll open them next expansion, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine, it's fine, but my 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 wife gave me the talk this week because like my spending on Hearthstone is has like is is kind of in the danger zone right now, and it doesn't help that it's like Christmas. I, not everyone celebrates. I, I realize, but like the holidays are here, that you know buying presents for people, and then my son's birthday is in January, and so it's just like the the finances get a little bit rough this time of mm-hmm. year. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here buying a golden, like, three diamond portraits. Oh,
1: my (laughs) goodness gracious.
2: I mean, they look cool. They do. The diamonds Uh, are really nice. Oh, I didn't put it in the notes here because I forgot. But real briefly, there was... So somebody from PC Gamer uh, tweeted last week, like, hey, anyone want to share their opinion on uh, the signature cards? Cause I'm writing an article and like everybody jumped on it.
0: <laughs> Ooh, and then the I article,
2: bet. the article came out. I, I mean, I responded, a bunch of people responded and they quote, they, they quoted all the people that they quoted are people that we know, which is kind of funny. But um, the, the article basically kind of tore them up saying that the signature cards were generally despised by the community and they were really just, it was a cool Ouch. idea with really poor execution. Well, that's, that's the TLDR. Mm. And, uh, and so like the next day, uh, and responded, like, we're taking your feedback, uh, in, you know, into consideration and we're going to redo them all for the next set. They're going to be full color. They're going to be more vibrant. They're not going to cover up all the artwork. And we realized that everyone hated them and whatever <laughs> he said, but like, except this- for Dano, Dano loves them. <laughs> you know, I-, I like the concept, but y- you know what it looks like to me? It's the Han Solo float frozen in carbonate. Like, it just looks like a big <laughs> rock on the screen. And uh, it's a good the concept the concept is so cool. The execution, I, I feel like, was really poor. And, like, the diamond cards are neat because they're 3D. They pop out of the frame. They're animated. Like, the diamond thing itself is kind of, like, chunky and ugly, in my opinion. But, like, the, the concept of it is really cool. and uh, And the signature cards just didn't live up to that. And so... At, at least they they heard, right?
4: Um. Well, I'm just glad that they're uh, fixing up the things for people like me who got the uh, the season pass, and so you get like, a diamond Romulith. But then I opened a package and I got a signature Romulith, and so I have like mm. duplicates, two special things you can't change out either one of them. So oh, whatever yeah. they so do, the update. All, all of us, we're going to get a random free legendary. Yes. Yeah,
2: that's pretty cool. cool. So free, free legendaries if you opened. Uh, yeah, that stuff. Uh, that's exciting. So um, anyways, the other the other news, I didn't even realize it until uh, I saw Clark Hellscream Twitter, excuse me, Twitter post. But uh, apparently this weekend is the Hearthstone World Championships. Um, I didn't know. Like, I feel like their advertising is not. Great, because I'm like a the Hearthstone Twitter like news hound, and I didn't realize um, they've been tweeting anyways, pretty regularly about should it. Should be but... in the game
3: because not everyone has Twitter.
2: Yeah. You know what? One I of the best things Twitter. that, I, or maybe the healthier things I think that I did was I turned off my notifications for Twitter, and mm-hmm. like they're there when I when I open it up and check it, but my phone's not buzzing every thirty seconds anymore. And if it, it's just so much healthier, I think. But, oh yeah. Uh, and anyways, so the uh, Wait, Hearthstone I mean, World you Champions.
1: you every time someone tweeted something. On no,
2: no, but but I had a few people like the Hearthstone dev accounts. Um, I had notifications turned on because I wanted to see the news like right away. Uh-huh. And I just I just disabled them all. And I just I just check when I log in. Um. So I still see them, just not immediately, and. Uh, it's saving my, my mental health a little bit, I think, but, um, very good. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, worlds, worlds are this weekend. There are Twitch drops, uh, or YouTube, YouTube drops rather. Um, so you can get up to two free packs. Uh, you watched for two hours, you get a pack, you watch two more hours, you get a pack. So, and apparently you don't have to
3: do that all like in a row, I guess it'll stack. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it in pieces.
2: Yeah, they 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 said that they said it. Uh, um, it it will stack. It's uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Um, cumulative, right? So you can start watching, um, today or tomorrow or whenever, and then it it'll just tally, and once you get the full four, you'll get your two packs. So, yeah, you yeah. So someone someone tell us the the funny part of, of all of this. Well.
1: See, there's a new, <laughs> there, there's a new class in this set. I don't I don't know if y'all y'all were aware. Uh, Death Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a little bit of a controversy uh, that um, if someone brought Death Knight to worlds as part of their lineup, because in in conquest lineup you bring four decks and then your opponent bans one. They said, hey, if someone brings Death Knight, you're not allowed to ban it. And that was a huge controversy until everyone realized no one's going to bring it.
0: (laughs) No one. You
1: know, (laughs) I think that Death Death Knight's got a lot of cool things. I think that, that maybe it's a little undertuned. I think that if anyone remembers the Demon Hunter release in Ashes, Day One Demon Hunter is still something we talk about to this day. I think there was a little bit of a concern of a, of a repeat there. So I think that, you know, whenever you're adding a new, an entire new class or region or, you know, as the different games call them, it, it it's tough. You know, you do testing, but, like, you never quite know how it's going to turn out in, in actuality. So I imagine that with the upcoming balance changes, uh, I suspect that we'll see the... Uh, the gas, so to speak, get turned up a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no one, no one brought, uh, no one brought Death Knight to uh, to worlds, and 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 here, uh, this is the HS replay um, standard class rankings. I don't think it's much different in wild. Death Knight's kind of
2: well, kinda there's bummed. because there's no wild exclusive cards. Like I know early on and we talked about it a couple weeks back. Like Martian Martian Boo hit Legend with the Reno Blood Death Knight, and that's cool. Um, but because there's like all of the cards are standard, like you may as well just play it in standard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Because then you don't have to face Lotheb every game or whatever <laughs> other broken broken <laughs> stuff that we're playing, right? And uh, but, and, and I, I agree with you, and I think they said that specifically pre pre launch that like hey we learned from Demon Hunter we're not making you know a bunch of broken stuff on day one so that we're gonna have to go in and and nerf it uh within 24 hours. And instead, what they're having to do is come back and and like buff it a week later because uh, <laughs> it's just not good enough. Hey, I don't know. So the, at least
1: they're fixing it before they go on Christmas break, you know, lest we have uh, the the Galacron Shavin like you know freak out again. Uh, you know, they'll they'll
0: they'll they'll, they'll
4: mm-hmm.
1: we don't know it's going to be in the balance update. I I'd like. Or to that, so. uh,
4: Golly Bob Howdy. Oh
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I wonder. I, I wonder if they'll just touch uh, the cards a little bit, or if they're going to be like, all right, you guys, you want to play with this over the holidays? Here we go. This is what the I... cards used to look like before we tuned them down.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I It it, it makes me wonder, are they going to tune up the, the Death Knight stuff? Or are they going to tune down other stuff? Well, Maybe gonna, a combination of both? They're going to tune down like...
1: Rogue, for sure, in standard. Uh, I think that that Rogue... The, the some of the rogue decks in standard were like pretty close to like the top decks in wild. So I mean, if those cards are juicing those decks, especially in the midst of discard warlock extravaganza, like rogue is 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 gonna take a hit. I don't know how. Um, probably could look up Zacho's Twitter. He probably have the usually has a a pulse on what's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, rogue. No matter what happens rogue's gonna take a hit that's almost a foregone conclusion
2: yeah yeah i think so and i think something something has to happen with bran i don't think that denath there was a meme that we posted i think it was last week or or i saw floating around of you know the grim reaper going visiting all the doors and it was uh and they had subbed like bran over the top of it which was so funny because it's oh um, man
1: that's such a i i, I i'm kind of scared like brand's such a wild staple like it
3: would be it, sh- you know just I, take it out of standard that's it yeah i agree it's
4: just get it's it out in of, there because they put it in the core set for the year anyway and the year's well, almost and they, over
2: so. they already confirmed that they're not keeping it in standard which is great i think brand is fine in wild i don't have a problem with it in wild mm-hmm. Uh, but in standard, like I'm just, how many games, especially in week one, even after the, uh, the, the nerfs to lose to Bran, Denathrius, and the other one that I always mispronounce the name, the, the Blood Elf one with the awesome Battle Cries. Um, and, uh, of course, Druid doesn't pay mana for things anyways, um not only can you have 20 mana but you can also have 100 armor and you don't even have to pay your 20 mana you can use your armor instead. So, um yeah, just send brand home, that would be great. Uh I'd rather them not nerf brand, but but you know, we'll see. I just thought it was funny that that they've got this new class, the world champions are here, everyone's hyped for this new class and nobody brought it. Like like they have to do something, right? Like what that's it's such uh, like egg in the face, right? I think Wild will will
3: definitely riot if they nerfed Bran. I think they would hear about it for sure.
2: Well, and is it really worth it when the rotation is happening in in like a matter of a couple months or whenever it is? It it doesn't seem worth it to me. I'd almost rather than just like send him home, but whatever. Warrior is still lower than Death Knight at 40%. They hit. They Rip. hit. Nerf the uh, raid the docks too many times. I think. So so they should unnerf it when it rotates. Is what you're saying? Well, they they could roll it back at least once. They nerfed it no, twice, they right? Should,
1: they should completely revert it to its original state.
4: You know if what? If that's the case, then I demand a return of unnerf demon seed as well. No, I no no that's not the no. The funny, the funny <laughs> thing is, uh, who knows how strong? I love warlock. <laughs> Who knows how
1: strong it would be? Like the the things have like kind of progressed in such an insane fashion that uh, yeah. Who, who knows? Who's to say? Although I am very curious. So this rotation will mark the return of the banned cards into wild and the much lauded and promised rework, quote unquote. You can't see me. I'm making hand quotes. So you will get. <laughs> de- <laughs> they did say you'd get your demon seed back, uh, Goliath. But they uh, did. Who knows? Who knows how, what, where, and what capacity? If Give your charge
2: minions plus one, plus one.
1: If they do nerf yeah. Bran and not send him home to Wild, they will they will make a litter of statement like they did when they nerfed Edwin, like a month before rotation. They'll say, yeah. like, we're, we're going to change him back. So it will be temporary. And given the state of Wild right now, I'm not— Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people like their their yellow card decks, and they all kind of feature Bran. So we'll We'll see. Maybe there'll be wild riots. There's been a, it's been, it's been a minute since there's been a good wild uproar on Twitter. I need, I need my memes. So
2: uh... (laughs) I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's a wild is, is a interesting place at the moment. So we will, we will see. I'm definitely in, in the uh, revert raid, the docs camp as well. I'd be happy to see it go back, but you know, whatever everyone's like wow but but the deck plays itself it's like
1: yeah it does <laughs> i loved so, it man you don't have to like, think it's great yeah it's great. yeah
2: i don't want to think you know i mean there's other aggro decks there's always going to be decks that it loses to though
1: well but the reason just as a reminder the reason why ray the docks was especially controversial at the time was that it it basically pushed Control out completely. Like I remember, when we came to the realization that Pirate Warrior was favored into Reno Priest and like Reno Lock. Yeah.
3: Like it was like, hmm. It could go the long game. It had gas now.
1: Now with the uh, with um, Denathrius. Who knows? Although there are rumors that maybe Denathrius is going to be on the nerf block uh, next week. I don't know if that's true. I don't He's know how they would do it. Oh, you mean Renathal? Sorry, not the Oh, okay. You know what?
2: I, I, I'm I, still... I love Martian Boo's idea. Like, hey, let me make a 15-card deck and, with 15 health. <laughs> you do not want that. I promise. <laughs> I promise you do not want that. All right. Games, games would be like the length of a Marvel Snap game. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... Uh, like more of a no, 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 no. I'm, yeah. I'm joking. I'm, I'm I know, joking. I know. It doesn't... Uh... Uh, I, I honestly, I hope they don't touch Denathrius. Denathrius really changed Wild forever. I am a little bit tired of forty health decks, but you know, you mean Renathal. Oh, what did I say? Denathrius? Yeah,
4: he said Blue Denathrius.
1: Uh, uh, it my it's fault, Blue Train's I, I, fault. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's been a long week. We <laughs> um, need to lot... revisit
4: that lore episode. Yeah, yeah, I've
1: given I've given the card a lot of flack, um with my uh, hashtag Renathal. Um, but I actually was just kidding around I, I don't I don't mind the card. I think it's fine and wild. Um, but you know we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah uh, yeah, so uh, I think that uh, that just about covers the speculation and the news and we've got uh, quite a bit of uh, lore to get into. so um was there anything else that we wanted to cover before we pivot on to the the main event?
2: I'm good. let's do it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, Time's up. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't have
1: <laughs> nice. a bumper, so I, I made my own awkward bumper. Um, you just edit the whole thing in post, Nate. You, you, you got me.
2: Hey, there we go. <laughs> I, you know what though, I always do. I'll, I'll so the episode will post as a whole and then i'll post the lore episode as a separate standalone because it makes good evergreen content for people later mm. that want to check it out and so yeah I, i'm excited here's here's part two of the show right we're getting into the 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 meat of things uh tonight we are talking about the lore behind the march of the lich king there was so much here that we eat. we'll we'll get into the bulk of it tonight although really we kind of left things uh set up for a part two in the future where we'll get into the blood elves and some of the other stuff um some of the other legendaries that didn't make it into tonight but we'll be going into the history of the lich king uh the various lich kings and um some of the legendaries uh that that we've seen in this set uh it should be a lot of fun this is a very iconic um set uh i guess just did you say
1: multiple lich kings
2: oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh you were about to
1: yeah i'm about to get educated get oh yes to get educated. Hello, man. Ah, yes, yes
2: so so i um i i i'm excited for this one anytime i know the lore, uh at least part of it like i get a little bit hyped because i i played through a bunch of it in um in warcraft 3 and uh, my son and I just started replaying it, and we're we're going through it all again, and it's just it's so much fun. Uh, the story here is really cool, and it's very iconic. One of the one of the most iconic characters, probably in the franchise, you know, apart from maybe Illidan, but uh, the Lich King, like, is Warcraft, and so we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive tonight. Um, so yeah, uh, that being said, let me turn things over to Goliath, who can educate us.
4: All right. So yes, as uh, Nate already said, we are going to be splitting things up in terms of how we're talking about the lore of this set. Because the theme of the March of the Lich King set, which is coming out as we're recording this, is uh, a combination of two things. One, it's focusing very much on the Lich King himself and the Undead Scourge forces that he commands and then they also took the advantage to make it a one of their race thematic sets like how um the witchwood showed off a lot of stuff about war again, and rascons rumble showed off a lot of stuff about trolls they took this opportunity show, to show a lot of stuff about the blood elf race and their capital silver moon which uh we will address in another episode but today uh since The Lich King is a face for a new class of the Death Knights and we have this whole new tribe with the undead. We figured this would probably be the thing that everyone wants to hear about first. So we are uh, going to be touching on some things we've discussed in some previous episodes. And because we already discussed it there, we're not going to do a huge repeat on stuff. uh, But I will recommend at appropriate times if you want more deep dives to go to that episode. Uh, But when we're talking about the Lich King here, we are talking about uh, a couple of major cosmic powers that we're all vying to have a champion uh to usher in forces because as a reminder uh azeroth is a very special world in the fictional universe it is set in uh because it has a world soul which is this sleeping titan that is super powerful and all of these evil cosmic forces want it um so we are going to start with uh touching on from previous set regarding the Jailer and the Maw, because that is where current lore states the Lich King ultimately came from, in terms of the power, with the famous Helm of Domination and Frostmourne, uh, the big blade that he carries all the time and goes, Frostmourne hungers. (laughs) Um, So those two things were... Crafted by the Primus, which if you remember from our uh, Shadowlands episode talking about Castle Nathria, uh, the Primus is a guy who is like this um, master of battle strategy and rules over the Shadowlands, the the afterlife realm of Maldraxxus, and... um, there, there was a time where he uh, decided that he was getting suspicious that the jailer was up to no good down in the ma, and so he went down to investigate. And turns out he was right, but uh, a little too right because he actually got ambushed and uh, his memories were stolen from him, and the Jailer forced him to use his knowledge of uh, the runes and the language of domination that he created to make the Helm of Domination and Frostmourne, which the Jailer hoped to cast out into the physical world and spread the influence of death through a champion. Now, he did this through the Dreadlords, which, as we talked about in that Shadowlands episode, were initially uh, actually created by Sire Denathrius and the Stonewright uh, to be like the ultimate uh, spies and infiltration agents for the Realm of Death. And that's what they did they they went out into the material world and the twisting nether and managed to get themselves recruited into the burning legion and uh, uh there's it gets to this point where the burning legion really wants to take over azeroth as i said like every evil cosmic force seems to want that and um they had previously tried and failed with the whole plan of getting orcs to drink demon blood and having them uh, conquer Azeroth to weaken them for a full demonic invasion. The whole orc thing didn't work out because there was division in the ranks and infighting and so the demon lord killed Jaden decides, you know what? Let's create Let's try this again, but this time we'll create an army that can't disobey, that has absolutely no free will, and then we won't have any trouble with infighting. So, um, touching a bit on Ashes of Outland, uh, we talked way back then about how it became Outland because there was this orc shaman named Nirzul who was attempting this big ritual summoning a ton of portals that uh, the orcs could use to conquer, like, an infinite number of worlds. Uh, But the ritual didn't quite go as planned. It uh, got disrupted and basically blew up the entire world, melding it into the Twisting Nether, partially. Yeah, yeah, big (laughs) (laughs) whoopsie. Ner'zhul and his followers tried to escape, but uh Jaden wasn't very happy with their big whoopsie and the fact that they were trying to get away from him. So he took uh Ner'zhul and tortured him, like very severely, as only the Burning Legion can do, until Ner'zul begged for death. Um which Jaden would grant him. Uh, but only if he agreed to serve as their tool because what uh, killed Jaden needed was a powerful spirit who was skilled in wielding magic to take on these tools that his very handy Dreadlord servants just so happened to have uh, available they're like hey you know we uh, look here here are these uh the, these things from the realm of death, but know that they're totally not an ulterior motive here. This only serves a legion, say the Dreadlord. Um, and uh, Kil'jaeden is like, yeah, sure, let's take Ner'zhul's spirit and we'll uh, merge him into these things and we send him down to Azeroth and he acts as our agent to weaken the world for us. Um, in order to serve as a prison, Ner'zhul and the... Uh, helm, and a set of enchanted armor that was create, created, and frostmorn They're all sealed in this block of ice that is being described as hard as diamond. Like, this isn't, uh, you set this out in the sun and it's going to melt or anything. This is, like, enchanted magic ice from deep within the Twisting Nether. And uh, you just kind of summons a whole lot of power which is uh, this is something that's really difficult for the demons to do it takes a lot of power to be able to open a portal in order to even send uh one thing down onto Azeroth um that's why they they tend to need people on the other side to open up portals for them to cross over um And so this big block of ice just hurdles down into Northrend and lands on top of this glacier called Icecrown, and it just so happens that during the fall it's kind of like a meteorite and it gets a little warped and it happens to look like a throne and becomes known as the Frozen Throne. Um, Several of the Dreadlords are sent to uh, help uh, keep an eye on the Lich King and uh, basically act as his jailers uh we have sorry can i interject real quick just to clarify right
2: so Mm -hmm. so nerzul essentially is turned into the first lich king right yes yes he's he's tortured to the point point
4: where
2: okay so he's tortured to the point of of like wanting death in which case he's put in this uh block of ice but he's also got the helm of domination and the armor and the sword that are all imbued with these runes and now he's kind of taken over Um, as the first Lich King you see in the picture here, um, and then in this big, like, diamond ice
4: block. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, the thing is, like, it it expanded his mind. Like, he got incredible psychic powers, not just, uh, the, the necromantic abilities and such, but a very, very strong force of will, um, Now, uh, the Dreadlords quickly got to constructing a fortification around uh, where the Frozen Throne landed, which would eventually become known as Ice Crown Citadel. Uh, Unknown to the Legion or to the Lich King, uh, the functions and design of Ice Crown Citadel were secretly designed to allow it to uh, siphon the of Azeroth into the Maw for uh, the Jailer's use much later on in service of his ultimate plan. Again, you can go and watch our Jailer and Ma episode for more information on those details. But uh, the basic point here is that the Lich King is playing the part of the obedient servant. But he knows that any promises that Kil'jaeden makes to him about, oh, if you serve us, then we'll give you uh, a body again and you can rule the world of your own free will and stuff. He's like, nah, he's doing the carrot there, (laughs) but he's going to switch it out for the stick. And also, like, he literally tortured him to the point of begging for death and cracked his sanity and everything. Uh, The Lich King hates the Legion, but, you know... You're surrounded by all these dreadlords. There's only so much that you can do. And so he plays the long game and slowly outwitting them and making them think that every step of his plan is their idea, Um, but secretly trying to amass his own loyal champions that will fight for him when the time comes to break away from the Legion. So uh, he has uh, a lot of... uh, Steps in his plan uh, about spreading and creating this plague of undeath which I will start out by saying uh, remember those big psychic powers he literally starts by controlling this thing with his mind because it's just him who's doing all this he doesn't have any minions yet and uh, see he literally just Moves around and controls his plague of undeath with his mind in Northrend to start the first infections. Like, you know, some wild bees come under his control, a couple outlying human settlements, uh, and then slowly he begins to uh, gather these more minds into uh, his control. And with every mind that he enslaves by raising into undeath, their knowledge and awareness fuels his own, like his mind and, and power expand with every minion that is brought under his control. And um, he's not picky about who he brings under his control, he's currently working on dominating all of Northrend right now. Uh, two of the big things that he starts with are uh, dominating local Ice Trolls and uh, Vicruel, which uh, we'll talk a bit more about later on when we cover some different types of Undead. Um, but, uh, one of the big things, the first big challenge that he has to, uh, deal with is, uh, an event known as the War of the Spider, when he comes into conflict with the insectoid race that lives under Northrend, known as the Nerubians, and their great king, Anubarat. Uh, it just so happens that these guys are immune to the plague of death. But they can still be raised into undeath if you manage to kill them normally and then use necromancy on them. So it's a long fight uh, until uh, Anubarak is at last overwhelmed and then he's risen up and turned against his own people. And so that is a legendary from all the way back in the Grand Tournament to... I actually never really see used or whatnot, but he is a very significant character in the story of the Lich King and the Scourge. And uh, uh, he plays a bit in Warcraft 3, actually, if uh, uh, Nate was just pointing this out a day or two ago, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're playing it right now. Well, and then speaking of uh, necromancers, right? is not our, our good buddy uh, Kel'Thuzad make,
4: make an appearance here? Yes, yes, he's the very next step, in fact. Uh, Nubarak uh, made the Lich King realize that if you can get, like, some really powerful key players under your control, they can be game changers there. Uh, You might say that he discovered the power of putting legendary cards in his deck. Um, (laughs) Genius! (laughs) And so he sends out with his big psychic powers, he's like, sending out visions and calls to anyone who is susceptible to dark urges all over the world like come you know uh he's basically he's setting up his linkedin there and is saying you know looking for recruits now uh for people who would (laughs) like to have a fulfilling career in uh, necromancy and world domination um Kel'Thuzad happens to be one such person. Uh, he is a mage of Dalaran, formerly a uh, very high-ranking archmage and stuff, but he got really curious about necromancy, which is especially forbidden by the mages of Dalaran, and he had all his titles stripped away, and he was on the verge of being outright exiled from the city. But he was like, no, 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 you have to being too close-minded, man. Necromancy is the future. I mean, do you see those Death Knight things that Gul'dan made all that time ago? I mean, we got to learn how to do that. Um, and if you want more information on all this, you can visit the very first lore episode we did about Skelthuzad uh, and Skolomance. But um, essentially, Kel'Thuzad hears the Lich King's call. And he uh, just leaves everything and uh, heads up to Northrend and gets maybe a little more than he bargained for when he sees all the horrific, torturous experiments that they do in places like Naxramus and stuff. By the way, Naxxramas is actually uh, one of the Nerubians' uh, ziggurats that uh, the Lich King was so impressed by how well they fought that he adopted their architecture as his own. It's just like, okay, let's pass some levitating magic on your cities here, and presto, they are now my flying fortresses. (laughs) And uh, Kel'Thuzad visits one of those, and uh, he's at first wants to cut and run, but uh, Anubarak and the other Lich King servants make it clear the time for second thoughts has well passed. (laughs) Uh, and he's kind of brought to the Lich King, and he's so overwhelmed with the power, he's like, this is so cool, I immediately uh, have no reservations about this, just make me an amazing necromancer, and uh, he actually looks forward to the day where he will shed the chains of mortality and arise to a powerful undead form, eh, foreshadowing, <clears throat> and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, he starts uh, the cult of the Damned under the guise of a religion in the uh, in the Eastern Kingdoms area, which are selected because they are very war torn and uh, shattered politically, and it just seems like it's the perfect uh, place to get a foothold in, where like you conquer the Eastern Kingdoms and then you can move on to the rest of the world. Um, and they work; uh, they make uh, scolamants. And that is their headquarters. They do all sorts of undead experiments. That's actually where abominations are invented. And uh, get going on that plague of death there. Um, and that is Kelthuzad's, uh main part of the story. Now, we have... Uh, one card that I was very excited about because of its lore significance, the new Death Knight class, is the Plagued Grain. And uh, Nades, I know you recognized that straight away too, didn't you?
2: Oh, immediately, yeah. So yeah, it's it's iconic from Warcraft Three because you you I mean right, it's called the Scourge of, of Lordaeron, where all these um, townspeople are are turning into zombies and ghouls and then dying. And they're trying to figure out like what the heck is going on. And, and it turns out that Kel'Thuzad and, and a company um, and the Lich King, right. Powered by the Lich King have these infected or plagued grain barrels and the people are eating it and then they're dying and then they're being resurrected as zombies. And uh wow. And,
3: you just made me remember so hard. That's so cool. Right. I didn't even, even think about it.
2: Even with the old chunky graphics, like, Uh, but it's so cool to, to you have like, um, Arthas teams up with Jaina and, and Uther and they're going around trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and so I have a couple of cards here, right? The plague grain clearly is is, is straight out of Warcraft three, but then army of the dead, I just picked one, right? But this is what's happening is your, your villagers are eating this grain that's infected and they're dying and then they're being raised as, as ghouls
4: or, or various undead, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, the uh, the more the the lower level type, the the mindless swarm, uh, type of undead is what they're generally being turned into. but yeah, that this is when uh, Kterzad realizes the time has come and uh, to get it going. and he actually coins the term of the scourge because he says that this is the flail, the whip which will weaken uh, humanity here and uh, prepare them for what is to come, and then eventually the Scourge just gets adopted as the term to refer to All Servants of the Lich King. And yeah, just like Nate said, uh, Arthas and Uther and Jaina all go uh, to, to try to figure out the source of all of this, and uh, as a recap then, uh, Arthas is the Crown Prince of uh, Lordaeron. Um, Jaina is an, uh, a powerful mage who is uh, initially from the island nation of Kul uh, studied in Dalaran under our old mage legendary buddy Antonidas. And uh, Uther was one of the original paladins. And of course, we all know him as the main paladin cl- class hero. And so they're on this little uh, detective investigation, and they run into Kel'Thuzad. And um, while Arthas is doing all this frantic searching... Uh, in the meantime, the Lich King decided to enact a uh, next stage of secret plan to get me free of these Uh, Because he decided that Kel'Thuzad was really useful and powerful, but he had a very specific purpose with the whole spreading the plague of undeath thing. The Lich King needs a more direct instrument of his will, a very personal champion. And he has the idea, hey, let's use Frostmourne, because as soon as some powerful person takes a Frostmourne, it's going to consume their soul, and I can control their mind, and all of that sort of thing. And uh, he tricks the Dreadlords into thinking that it's their own idea to have a champion. Uh, so like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do this. Man, we are we are so smart. Uh, we will trick someone into taking Frostmourne, and so... Uh, the Lich King manages to force some of his power to break off that chunk of Diamond Heart ice that contains Frostmourne in it. And it just, like, falls down to the base of the glacier, waiting for some unlucky sap to come along and grab it. Right. And, well, let me let me interject one second, too. because And I don't know if we touched on it or not. But
2: essentially, when Ner'zul turns into the Lich King, like, his body is gone. He's basically mm-hmm. like a spirit in the armor but like his physical being is gone like and he can do all this kind of mind stuff but like he's kind of a spirit in armor in ice that's not going anywhere yes, and so very
4: much trapped
2: having having like a an agent or a body right is is really something that he needs and and meanwhile all of these undead are like rising everywhere and um it's very interesting because you get into this big, like, ethical dilemma and this big argument between Arthas and Uther, right? Because, uh, about, well, I, th- I think Uther doesn't like the idea as classic paladin, like, well, how can we save these people? Can we free them? What is happening? Like, what, you know, and, and Arthas is like, uh, this is the, these are. Like this is the plague. We need to just eradicate it and uh we just need to kill everybody. And Uther's like, what? Like don't <laughs> don't 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 do that. And you know, meanwhile Arthas is like I, I think trying to find the the root of it and makes his way up to um Ice Crown, right? Uh
4: exactly. So what you're referring to is the uh the the scourging of Stratholm or the, the purging of Stratholm. and uh, we're yeah, basically Arthas knows that everyone there has already eaten the grain. They're all going to become undead anyway. He's like, we we need. To, they might be innocent now. They soon won't be, and it's better to give everybody a clean death as a living human than for them to be risen up. Um, but it's still a horrible atrocity that he commits, and frankly, it is um, all, all at this point uh, that. Did he have Frostmourne at that time? Like No, no, he didn't. This okay. is the thing, that while he was on that frantic search, the Lich King was kind of looking around, you know, because he can see and be aware of all where all of his undead minions see and are aware of. And he's like, this guy is driving himself crazy in the pursuit to find all this. He's a very capable fighter and a tactician and a leader overall. And he's going to go crazy soon. Let's push him a little more along the way there. And then he will be prime Death Knight material. And so the whole thing is that Kalthuzad basically... Gives his life to sell Arthas the idea that, like, oh, uh, yes, I-, I was behind the plague, sure, but, uh, but the Dreadlord Malganus is the one really in charge of it. You know, he's over in that Stratholm place, and, uh, you know, Arthas kills him, and he's like, you'll never stop it unless you beat malganas And, um... So, yeah, then he, he goes to Stratholm and he does the whole purging, and Malganis is there and he's like, Aha, you may have found me, but uh, come and defeat me in Northrend and prove yourself in a real fight. And the whole point is to just lure him over there so that he can find Frostmourne. And um, of course, Malganis thinks that, you know, like he and the Glitch King are all on the same page here. What he doesn't know is that once Arthas actually, man, he goes up to Northrend and uh, finds Frostmourne because he is desperate. The Scourge is pounding his army. They're all going to die unless he finds the source of power, and he happens to learn about it uh, through an old mentor of his, the dwarf Muradin, who is up uh, looking for artifacts in Northrend because that's what dwarves and the League of Explorers do. Just. One reason I love dwarves so much. Uh, <laughs> and so the two of them find Frostmorn, but there's this inscription uh, on, around it that says, you know, basically that power has a great price. And Merdan is like, hmm, I don't think you should grab it. But uh, Arthas is like, no, I really, I really need that power. I really want that power. And the ice that is encasing it just explodes and uh, strikes a Muradin down, and uh, Arthas is initially going to try to heal him with the Light because he's a paladin, but he's like, you know what? The Light hasn't been very helpful to me lately. It hasn't been able to save all these people who are turning undead. No, no, He, he rejects the Light wholeheartedly and is like, no, this Frostmourne blade, this is the power that I need. And, uh, he thinks that Meriden is dead. Turns out he was actually just knocked unconscious and is in World of Warcraft later on. Uh, he gets amnesia and all that stuff. But, um, as far as Arthas is concerned, he's dead. And, uh, he goes out and, uh, he's, his soul is already being consumed by Frostmourne and the Lich King is already whispering to him through it and, uh... Arthas goes out, and he fights Mal'Ganis with it, and Mal'Ganis is like, Aha! I tricked you because you are Frostmourne now, and you have to do what I say. What is that Lich King telling you? The Lich King He's told like... me to kill you. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that
2: was... Uh, oh, wait, wait. It's that meme, right? Right? Like, uh, I'm a genius.
4: Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, the one of the the first fights actually in the uh, new thing where you unlock the Death Knight class in Hearthstone. Uh, they put some of these iconic moments about how Arthas became a Death Knight, and he's fighting Frost. Uh, he's wielding Frostmourne, He fights Melkadas, and is like, "What does it tell you? It tells me to kill you. Wait, because." Uh, and uh, the Witch King manages to convince the other Dreadlords that this was all just a horrible that he wasn't fully controlling Arthas at that point. Uh, but but now, now he is in full control and that will never happen again. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no. so meanwhile, now, if, if I recall
2: correctly, uh, so Arthas has gone up to Northrend in search of Frostmourne. He pulls the blade and he, he kills uh, Mal'Ganis. And... Meanwhile I've got Jaina and Uther that are like, we we gotta we gotta do something about Arthas, right? Like what's going on? He's he's abandoned his paladin ways and he's killing people that like are innocent and we we like him, but he's like he's gotta be stopped, right? And so they they go out,
4: right? Aren't they they're searching for him, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean the Arthas kind of went out almost in secret to go to Northrend. His father was against it. In fact, his father sent orders for them to all go back. And so like Arthas's men weren't gonna commit treason against the king by disobeying the order So Arthas literally had to secretly have all of their ships burned so they literally could not go back. Um And none of them actually do go back as themselves because after Arthas kills Mal'Gas, he just disappears into the frozen waste for a few days while the Lich King strips away his remaining humanity and he comes back and he is fully a death knight. His soul is gone. He is full gung-ho with the scourge. He is all pale. His hair is bone white. And uh, he just goes and slaughters all of his men and raises a few of them as death knights like himself. And Arthas is like the very first of the death knights of the scourge which is one reason why he is so perfect to be the representation of the death knight class and um all the others they just get raised as like ghouls and stuff um you have to wonder, like, how embarrassing that would be. You think, like, oh yeah, you know, Arthas, he's he's uh, like, I'm I'm one of his most reliable men or something. And then when he comes back and starts uh, killing you all and raising into undead, <laughs> it's all of the, your friends who get turned into death knights, and you're just a mindless ghoul. I mean, that can't <laughs> be. Um, but yeah, so he goes back, Arthas, and he kills his father. And uh, is basically just doing the Lich King's will and spreading terror and undeath everywhere. And uh, the next stage of the plan, it requires Kel'Thuzad to be resurrected. Um, The dreadlords are like, uh, hey, so the Legion wants to come here? But we need someone to open a portal on this side, and Lich King is like, oh, have I got the man for you. If we can just get my old guy Kel'Thuzad back and make him a super powerful lich, then he'll be able to read the special magical book that'll be able to open up the perfect portal. And they're like, I knew you were such a good obedient servant, Mr. Lich King. Good job. Head pats." Uh, but uh, it's, it's purely his own machinations because he wants Kelthuzad, his personal loyal servant, to be as powerful as possible. And uh, Arthas is charged with going and retrieving the ashes, which just so happened to be guarded by Uther at this point. And so Arthas just kills Uther uh, in the big emotional duel of uh, between the mentor and the students. And I was so excited of- when that happened. And and they're like Uther saw him as like a surrogate son. So right. mm-hmm. yeah. That was very
2: this whole thing was very heavy, right? It was just the corruption of, of Prince Arthas and <laughs> and then him killing all these innocent people, and his friends are struggling with it, and then he comes back full evil, kills his dad, and then was yeah. Uther's last words, Uther gets it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, they were I hope, I hope there's, there's a special get place in hell for you, Arthas. You may never <laughs> know. I intend to live forever. Well, it's is <laughs>
2: pretty interesting. I mean, if you tune into our uh, uh, other lore episode about the um, afterlife, uh, some some interesting history with with the two of them uh, way later down the line. So
4: with a uh, Bluther, <laughs> yes. And uh, this is, uh, of course, where um, a bit more of the uh, Blood Elf stuff comes into play that's a bit more in line with the set here. Now, this is technically all of what we're talking about now. Before Arthas is the Lich King, uh, so not exactly the set, but this is... Where because they decide that the Sunwell, this big magical font of power that the Blood Elves have in their capital, Silverman City, that's like the only thing that's actually going to be able to uh, turn Kalthuzad into a lich. Now, Kalthuzad isn't the first lich. The first lich were actually uh, the companions of Ner'zhul. When he got turned into the lich king, they all got turned into liches. You know, if you're going to be a lich king, you have to have some liches to be the king <laughs> of. That, that's kind of how it works there. Um, <laughs> and so uh, Kel'Thuzad is going to be like a supercharged lich. And, uh, yeah, the Scourge just mows down all the seemingly unbreakable obstacles in their path in order to get to Silvermoon City.
2: Um, oh, I remember this. This is before Sylvanas was... Uh
4: this is Dead. where sylvanas gets turned on. well
2: and this is with our our yes. new 3d portrait of of sylvanas right this I is love her that. yeah this is her in uh, warcraft 3 before like when when you i think as arthas are trying to break into silver moon and they've got all these different like like portals
4: or force fields or something up that you have to break through
2: yeah
4: yeah yeah and he manages to force his way through all of them, and the uh, the rangers in the way. But like you know, the thing, the great thing about controlling an undead army is that with every enemy you defeat, you just raise them up, and suddenly they're on your side. And uh, Sylvanas manages to be a real thorn in his side here, uh, to the extent where he is so annoyed that he takes petty revenge by saying the last thing I'm going to give you is the peace of death and uh, raises her so that she can be fully aware as a banshee of being wielded as a weapon against her own people because yeah, he's uh, he's sadistic like that. Uh, and they managed to get in, and we'll talk a bit more about who's who in Silvermoon in our Blood Elf episode. But uh, it should be noted that the uh, one of the Warlock legendaries, uh, uh, Drakthir, I believe it was. Uh, Nate, can you uh, pull it up and uh, what's what's the pronunciation right there? Leading from
2: uh, me at the let hey, me take a look. I. It's from the new set.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's in the new Warlock Legendaries.
2: Um, right, I'm not pulling it up. I'm pulling it up right now.
4: Kind um, of first, but I just can't remember the pronunciation. Uh, ah, found it, found it. Uh, Darken Drathier. That's it. That's it. And. um... So, basically, he is a traitor uh, because he wants the Sunwell's power, and Arthas promises it to him if he just, like, opens the gates and stuff. So, if, if it weren't for this guy, the Scourge would have never gotten to the Sunwell, but um, lets him in, and uh, starts gorging himself on the power, and, of course, you know, uh, Arthas kills him because he's a backstabber, <laughs> and wants to tie up loose hands. We'll get more into that in the other episode. But, um... Uh, basically, now they, they have free reign and they toss in Kel'Thuzad's ashes, do some rituals, and presto, he's a lich now. Yay! And um, <laughs> then there there's a whole bunch of other stuff that uh, happens here in the Warcraft 3 storyline, but we're not going to get into all of that because um, a lot of it doesn't involve the Lich King directly. All you need to know is that... Um, Eventually, uh, Illidan Stormrage has entered the picture at this point, and uh, he has been recruited by Killjaden, who uh, has realized that uh, the Lich King isn't as obedient as he thought it was, um, and so he's like, go and get rid of the Lich King and Illidan manages to perform this big magic ritual that manages to crack part of the Frozen Throne, and the Lich King's power is starting to to fade out his essence is slipping out of the crack and he's losing control over all of his undead minions which means that several of them are starting to get some free will because he doesn't have the direct control over them and so there's uh some civil war stuff going on we touched on some of this when we talked about Sylvanas' story back in the Ma episode and uh be, it's kind of like a civil war between the Scourge and the undead like Sylvanas who are getting some free will. Uh, Sylvanas actually ends up at one point uh, kidnapping Arthas. And she almost kills him, but because she is too determined to be sadistic and make him suffer about it, it gives Kel'Thuzad enough time to rush in and save him. And they're like best buddies now, really. Arthas and Kel'Thuzad are the closest thing that such people as them can have as friends and uh <laughs> he's like hey flesh king is losing his power when you need to go up to northrend and uh save him basically and that's what arthas does galthasad remains in charge of scourge forces down in the eastern kingdoms that's where Naxramus comes in and um eventually gets to the point where it's this showdown because illidan has gone for a second shot at all this he's a full-fledged assault on the frozen throne there and he has a whole army of blood elves and naga and again if you want more information on some of this stuff with illidan go to our ashes of outland episode
2: yeah it's a pretty Which, epic fight the artwork is is, yeah. is is cool yeah wait uh blue can you switch the slide uh some of the artwork for the um yeah, Illidan against uh, fighting the. Um,
4: that's that's yeah, our it's not the Lich King. Yeah,
2: not not quite. But gosh, and and if you just Google image it. Like you awesome. talk about fan art, like everything under the sun. There's like a million of these. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. The artwork is so cool. What an epic fight between probably yeah. two of two of the most like
4: iconic characters of, of the Demon Warcraft Hunter? universe, right? Death Knights. And if this was Hearthstone, at least mm-hmm. when it comes to the uh, releases of the class, you would expect Demon Hunter to win by a long shot, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's not quite what happens. Arthas manages to overpower him. Uh, he would have finished him off, but the Lich King is like, Hurry! And uh, so Arthas just, like, uh, hurries on up to the Frozen Throne, and uh, the only way that the Lich King can survive at this point is uh, he commands Arthas to use Frostmourne to shatter the ice, which, I guess, that's the only thing that's powerful enough to really do it, and uh, the armor just kind of tumbles out, and Arthas puts the Helm of Domination on his own head, and he uses with Nirzul to become the Lich King. So it's essentially two spirits that are, are cohabitating the same body, but, um... Arthas decides that he doesn't really want to share. And, like, internally, like, at all this time for several years, the Lich King, it's like, physically, he's just sitting unmoving on the Frozen Throne. But inside his head, there's this huge war between Arthas' personality and Ner'zhul's personality until Arthas manages to, like, fully defeat him uh, by, like, exploiting any remaining sense of guilt that he has about how he failed the orcs in the past. And Arthas is like... I have no guilt anymore. I'm proud of all my atrocities and war crimes. <laughs> wow! Um, it, yeah, he literally—he literally cuts out his own heart uh, in order to remove any vestige of humanity that he feels makes him weak. Yeah. Um. Uh, this is one of those disturbing hardcore Death Knight things. Um. Uh, and yeah, that's basically where all the Pros and Thrones stuff ends, all the things that you're familiar with if you play Warcraft 3, and uh, that uh, are, this doesn't really do much uh, directly as the Lich King uh, until the Wrath of the Lich King expansion in World of Warcraft. Sure, there was stuff where, like, the Scourge was a threat to various times. So that was generally under Kalthuzad's commands. The Lich King himself wasn't having all that much direct involvement and stuff until he's waking up and he has a brand new plan. He's like, okay, so there's been like massive armies that have tried to conquer Azeroth in the past, and that didn't work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lure all the most powerful champions of my enemies to come and fight me. And I'm going to weaken them down, sort out who's the best of the best by throwing out the most impossible obstacles I can. And the ones who get me, I will kill and raise them up and they will be my champions. And then all will fall before me because I collected all of the legendary cards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so, that, that's the whole general plan that he has during the Wrath of the Lich King. Of course, we don't realize it until we get to the Ice Ground Citadel Raid, and he decides to monologue after killing us and everything. Um, but uh, we have uh, a couple of things that we can mention right here. Uh, one of them is Invincible who is one of the legendaries in the uh, March of the Lich King set, and World of Warcraft players know very infamously as the cool mount that has a very, very low chance to drop when you kill the Lich King. It is very highly coveted by many players to the extent where there are people who grinds uh they they like every week they go up and make a lich king kill on whatever difficulty is needed um for years regularly in the hopes of getting that like 0.1 percent drop rate or whatever it is to be able to get it and then of course their friend who just started playing the game gets it (laughs) on their second drop that, that, that is the thing that drives a lot of players crazy uh, but yeah, it, it, Invincible is quite infamous as that mound that so many people want, and they grind so hard to get, and like it never drops for them. Uh, story-wise, Invincible was actually Arthas' horse that he had as a child. Um and, and grew up with and was his faithful steed. Uh, it was hmm. common practice among Lordaeron to name your mounts after virtues. Uh and so he's like, Yeah, being invincible on the battlefield, that's the thing I want to do. And um <laughs> but our uh, virtues, everyone's like,
2: Oh yeah, that's uh, my my horse is you know invincible. What a name. Like <laughs>
4: um it had that tragic story that you get in uh movies sometimes where involving horses where like he tries making that jump and it doesn't make it and the horse breaks the leg and has to be put out of the misery um and that was one of those things that really devastated Arthas uh earlier on even before all the undead plague stuff happened and then after he came back to uh Lord of Ron as a death knight and everything, like after he finished the whole killing his dad business, one of the first things he did was rush over to where his old horse was buried <laughs> and raise him up. He's like, At last I have you back. You invincible. know what? That's
3: kind of <laughs> sweet, right? <laughs> it is in like a very
4: selfish twisted way. so uh, it's like an, a, <laughs> a, an undead horse and then it sprouts wings. That's that's great. Yeah, I guess the, the wings are something that he added on through the undeath part i guess there is no exact explanation for the way that i am currently aware of but zombies i might be evil but i still love my horsey yes (laughs) (laughs) that's basically what happens Uh, and then in terms of the uh how the lich king is actually defeated at the end of the raid because like we as the players as the powerful champions we are are not powerful enough to do it. He easily overtakes you after you've worn yourself out by fighting all of the other bosses. And uh, it's only through Tyrion Tyrian Forgering, who is one of our original paladin legendaries. Um, and of course, you know, when he dies, you get the Ashbringer. That's all part of the card there. And uh, that that's what happens. So during the fight, the Lich King freezes him in place. Uh, so that he kind of used force to watch as he fails and his friends die and Latin is triumphant and stuff. It's You may notice a common theme of villains who do their own undoing by not killing people when they have the chance because they want to draw out the suffering in some way, shape, or form. Uh, that That's a common flaw with the sadistically evil. And, <laughs> uh... Yeah. Uh, uh, one of many flaws, obviously. Uh, and, um... Uther manages to get strength from the light at the last minute and break through the ice and use the Ashbringer to shatter Frostmourne. And when Frostmourne is broken, all the souls that were trapped in it are free and take their vengeance. And so there's actually some really cool uh, imagery that I love from the Chronicle book. I don't know if we have it up from the slides. I can uh, try to find it in my own book that i have right here to show up on the screen um yeah here it is right here uh is it like uh arthas is um be, he's being swarmed around those those little wisp things are like the souls that are taking their vengeance on him for that eternity of torment and Tyrion is standing right there with the ashbringer a look and all cool and um <laughs> Once all that is done, uh, Arthas is defeated, and just as he's dying, uh, that uh, darkness that had the influence over him starts to recede, and he suddenly has comprehension of all of his war crimes, and uh, dies feeling very, very guilty about everything, as he's confronted by the spirit of his father, you know, who he murdered and stored in (laughs) Frostmourne and stuff, and... um, it just so happens that that very spirit of uh, King Tyrannus Menethil uh, tells Tyrion that um, there kind of has to be someone in control of all the undead, or they're just going to run rampant. And so, uh, Boulevard Four Dragon, who happened to be up there, so so earlier on in the war against the Lich King, there was this big fight at a location known as the Wrath Gates. Uh, the Alliance forces were led by Bolvar Fordragon. The Horde forces working with them were led by uh, Dranosh Saurfang, the younger, uh, who happens to be uh, the son of Varok Saurfang, who we have as a legendary from Forge of the Barons. And uh, both of these guys ended up getting taken out. uh, Dranosh, uh was killed, and raised as a Death Knight. He's one of our Death Knight legendaries. And uh, Bolvar was taken, and uh, the Lich King was in the process of trying to torture and turn him into the Death Knight when we interrupt him with a boss fight. And uh, Bolvar, because he's still around, but he's horribly scarred, because he was uh, hit with blights, and then uh, Red Dragon fire saved his life, but left him horribly scarred and everything, which is why he looks as he does in... Uh, our Fireblood card, and uh, he's basically like, hey, there is no way I can return to society looking like this, so just give me the helmet here, and I'll mm-hmm. sit and become the new Lich King, and I'll try to keep everything contained. And I want you to tell everybody that there is no Lich King anymore because they shouldn't have to live in fear. Just say that, you know, I'm dead, and no one has to worry about anything. I want you to forget about me. And that mostly happens. There's a select few people who know about it who uh, Tyrion tells. But um, for the most part, that that's everybody thinks there's no more Lich King anymore. And uh, Bolvar takes on the mantle. Now, uh, it's important to note that all of this time... The jailer, who created all this stuff in the first place, like the Legion wanted the Lich King as a thing to just weaken for their own invasion. The jailer wanted a Lich King to be like, you know, his his champion, his uh, personification of death, who would bring his will. But um, none of the people who are being the Lich King seem to work out too well for him. He considers uh, Ner'zhul to be way too weak-willed. Uh, Arthas is kind of both too weak-willed and just not at all interested just in his personal plans of conquest for the world. And uh, Bolvar manages through his... Because uh, he he's still, like, he, he's a paladin, uh, and he's trying to fight back against every evil impulse that being the Lich King is giving him. It's quite a strain on him, and there are points where he doesn't even know how many actions and choices were his own and how much was the influence. But he tries to fight back... The strange dark whispers that are coming from the back of his mind, and um, all, all of this comes to uh, head here. Uh, when uh, Sylvanas, who again go to our ma episode, uh, th- is now the jailer's champion, and she goes and uh, fights Bulbar because she's a uh, juiced up with jailer power and uh, manages to overcome him, and uh, she shatters. The helm of domination which tears open a gateway to the shadowlands and uh that is what uh, reveals the tower of torghast right above ice crown citadel which is that whole uh soul, world soul absorption feature that it was originally built by the dreadlords to do and then the events of shadowlands kick off which we're not going to get into because that would be a repeat but um essentially now the role of the lich king is no more the shards of the helm of domination are actually reforged into a new uh outfit called the crown of wills which is actually used to resist the power of domination during the fight against the jailer so which unfortunately doesn't look nearly as cool like the Helm of Domination is so iconic, and unfortunately, the graphic designers in charge of the new thing made it look as... Well, I've heard one YouTuber <laughs> describe it as a Burger King crown. Um, <laughs> you can look up the images for yourself. Uh, but basically, th- there, that's the story of the Lich King, because there is no more Lich King, and will never be, at least not in this capacity. Will there be other future Lords of the Undead? in some capacity depending on how the story is written out over the years but uh in terms of the lich king himself uh three people took the role and there won't be any others in that particular capacity
3: when sylvanas uh beat bulvar and then broke the crown what happens to bulvar at that point
4: well, he's still around. Uh, he's just not the Lich King anymore. He actually uh, is one of the people who leads the charge into the Shadowlands. He allies with the Four Horsemen, which uh, you'll recognize them from the Luther Death Knight card, the four that you can summon and instantly win the game, which mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love. I love winning the game that way. Um, where there is uh, the resurrected of Torn Trollbane, uh, Inquisitor Whitemane, uh, Darien Mograine. And um, General Nazgrim, who are the uh, the new Four Horsemen, and uh, they're basically kind of working with Bolvar because he's not the Lich King anymore, but he has a lot of knowledge about this type of stuff. And oh, um, Darian
2: Mogrim is is our uh, one of our Death Knight portraits, right? Yes,
4: yes. Derry Mograine has been a uh, Death Knight for a long time, actually. Um, his father is Alexandros Mograine, who is one of our legendaries for Death Knights as well. And uh, he has a whole story that I believe we touched on in a previous episode uh, regarding like, the story of the Ashbringer and such. Um, yeah, And we
2: can, we can look at the other legendaries in, uh, in, in our, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about
4: that in a little bit later, but can I um, ask uh
2: yep. one, just one final question? Cause I, I know, I mean, we've, we've done, um, a lot of lore episodes and I did want to like, give a little nod to, to you and our, our past selves. Like if you really want to expand on these stories, uh, the ones to check out, um, would be the Scalamance lore, the Shadowlands lore, and the uh, Mon Disorder lore when we really go pretty deep into this stuff. Um, If you check out our website or our YouTube channel, all of the episodes are there, the dedicated lore episodes, and so check that out. But I was wondering if you could give just a super brief um, recap of... So what happens to Arthur, right? Uh, I mean... Arthas. um, Arthas, right? Because he's... He he dies when... um, He's killed by Tyrion, and then he goes off to the Shadowlands, where he's pursued by Sylvanas. Right? What is his ultimate fate? I don't recall anymore. I, Not I recall actually
4: it. pursued by Sylvanas. Um, although, actually, or, Sylvanas, was it, or, or was it Uther? Uther. It, so yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. is that after Uther died, uh, because he was killed by Frostborn, his Luther. soul was yeah, <laughs> his soul was split. Uh, so uh, he, he was a wounded soul, and he because he was so selfless as a paladin in life, he was sent to uh, Bastion to uh, join the ranks of the Kyrian in who collect the souls and take them to the Shadowlands. Um, his uh, mentor, Davos, uh, learned his story and saw that his soul was wounded, and is like... We have to take revenge on this guy for uh, what he did and all that he's doing here. And basically said, eventually he's gonna die, and when he does, we'll be waiting. So as Arthas dies, they basically jump him, uh, Uther and uh, Davos, and uh, <laughs> uh, Uther is getting his revenge. <laughs> he's well, Uther is trying saying like it's not vengeance, it's justice. It's not vengeance, it's justice, but like it's it's vengeance cuz like it, he's not thinking clearly his soul is still uh half of his soul is still being held by the jailer the part that was stolen by Frostmart he thinks a lot more clearly after you go on a quest near the end of the expansion where you unify his soul together um but yeah basically souls are supposed to go to the arbiter where they are fairly judged all factors of their lives are taken into account uh, you know, part of this might have been, you know, sure, Arthus made some really bad decisions and to an extent willingly embraced this corruption. He did also have, like, some mind control influence that was going there. Maybe that was a factor. Maybe his responsibility is reduced slightly. The Arbiter is the cosmic being that can instantly know all that and know where the right afterlife is to send somebody. Yeah, but isn't the Uther Arbiter Arthur doesn't he, uh... want to wait for that or take that chance. It's like... Uh, we're just going to jump him and we're going to cast him <laughs> down into the maw of eternal torment because that's what I think he deserves. Um, and Arthas, um, his soul ends up being used by the jailer to forge another Morn Blade, uh, like Frostmorn, that's known as Kingsmorn. And basically, his soul is all burned up to the extent that after Kingsmorn is destroyed, um, Arthas' soul just flickers away completely out of existence and out of memory. Poor guy didn't get any chance of redemption in the afterlife. That 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 was stolen from him. Some people would say by Uther. Uh, some players would say by the writers. Uh, but uh, at any sense, that is the, the very end of his existence. Unless they further reveal that there's another afterlife where people who die in the afterlife go. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, mean, after afterlife. Know, I, I don't know where they're going to go at this point. Sometimes
2: he, he's such an iconic character that I, I, I struggle with like anytime they kill somebody permanently, you're like, well, I mean, there's always magic, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Time travel or. Mm. Yeah, and and but... time travel is very much a thing with uh, thanks to the Bronze Dragonflight existing in this game. Right. Nazdormu is all about the time. so The, the Lord I mean, the, of, there was, of Retcon uh, can always strike. So, literally an expansion of World of Warcraft called Warlords of Draenor, where they go to an alternate uh, homeland of the Orcs, And that is how Gul'dan ends up becoming a villain again, because it's this alternate universe Gul'dan who uh, comes back because, you know, original Gul'dan died way back in Warcraft 3, but they wanted Gul'dan as a villain, so they bring a time-travel alternate universe so that he can be there. They could theoretically do that with Arthas. I kind of hope they don't. Starting
3: that new timeline, they could basically do anything they want, really. Yes. It's very Spider-Man. Yeah. Star Trek did that. Right. Into, into the
0: Earth
3: I uh, don't
1: get me started on Star Trek.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my goodness. Oh I think that Nazdormu is the Lord of Red Cotton for that universe, too.
0: <laughs>
2: Jeez. <laughs> Anybody
4: well, for intermission? An
2: Not for me. So we have a a little intermission, and then we'll cover uh some of the bosses from the Ice Crown Citadel. Um and then uh talk about some of the uh the various undead races that we've got in the game
4: and uh i hope you all enjoy this this is a little different from some of the previous parody songs this is a little uh holiday medley that i cooked up for all you guys uh it's the festive time of year and uh hope you enjoy the season of giving good cheer and necromancy
1: (laughs) good cheer and necromancy
5: Arthur the Lich King ruled a cruel and frosty realm He was cold and dead and on top his head sat a dominating hell Arthur the Lich King was a monster, people say He was once a knight wielding holy light till he lost his soul that day There must have been some magic in that frost morn blade he found he took it in his hand, he destroyed the battleground. Oh, what is The Lich King was undead as he could be, commanding ghoulish swarms and some icy storms, and some death knights and banshees. thump thump-thump, thump, watch that good, army go. thump thump-thump, thump thump-thump, thump-thump, marching through ice-ground snow. Over the river, through Everson Woods, through Silver Moon City we go. With Kelthouds, our ashes, we'll raise a new ledge through Sunwell's magic glow. Over the river, through Everson Woods, our icy winds do blow. Our endless ranks and living tanks lay every year so low. Over the river, through Everson Woods, off rangers in the way We'll fill them with dread and make them undead, their allies all Head Over the river, through Everson Woods, the sun will straight ahead The gates will smash, now throw in the ashkel, who's all is back from the dead Crowned with blocks of serenite Fa la 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 Wrapped plagues with professor putricide Fa la 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 Syndra lies above us Fa la 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 Near the frozen throne of artists Fa la 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 See the blazing blood prince council, la 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 la, la 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 la. Led by the blood queen Lana Mill, la 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 la, la 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 la. Gaeliseth, Taladrim, and Valinar, la la la, la 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 la. Serve the Lich King now forever. La 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 Death nights we'll the weapons boldly, la 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 Powers blood frost and unholy, la 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 Fear of forces scourge tremendous, la 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 King's armies all are endless, la 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 la
0: Well done, well done. Uh,
1: That was... You you promised a medley and delivered. That was like a a three for one.
4: (laughs) I had too many ideas of like, okay, this is my one chance with the time and the set that's coming out. I'm just going to throw them all together. That's so great. The, the, The lyrics are phenomenal. You're such a good writer. Yeah, I... I, I do think that that's one of my one of the ones I'm more proud of. Like some that you make and you listen to, and then in retrospect you're like, eh, I could have done better on that. I'm I'm pretty happy with that one. You know the one
2: that I played over and over and over was the uh, the under the sea one.
4: <laughs> that's one of my it's other favorites. So yes. Oh, some songs so just good. lend themselves to the themes very well.
3: Uh, like, zombies yeah. said that Mariah Carey needs to look out.
4: <laughs>
2: there's yeah, there's.
3: Uh...
4: I'd rather hear Warcraft parodies than all I want for Christmas is you in every department store I ever go into. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So good yes, times, now we, we're going to dip into uh, some of the different uh, specific cards for legendaries and some uh, the new card categories, we might say, because we have this big new category of undead cards. It's a whole new tribe that has been retroactively applied to a lot of minions. And you'll notice that there's a lot of different types of undead. And so what makes them different? What does some of them do? We're not going to go over every single one of these things, either all the legendaries or all the undead, but we're going to hit a lot of the big ones that I thought were important to talk about, and some things that some of the other guys were a bit curious about. So, uh, Nate, let's just uh, take take us through the docket right here, or perhaps Blue Train. Uh, you can lead us through as well as the one in charge of our slides. Um, well, you had mentioned so that, that a lot of these
2: legendaries. So, so we're not talking about all the legendaries, right? We're talking about um, there's a handful of the legends from this set that were bosses from the uh, Ice Crown. Citadel
4: raid, like raid bosses, right? Exactly. And, and nearly so uh, every single raid boss from Ice Crown Citadel is a legendary Hearthstone card now, which I think is the most complete that any Warcraft raid has ever had in terms of Hearthstone representation. And my personal goal would be to eventually see every single card, uh every single boss in any raid or dungeon eventually get the legendary treatment, because I think that would be cool. Uh, it makes you take him a bit more seriously, in my opinion. Not just, oh, yeah. he's a dungeon boss, but he's a legendary card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first up is uh, Lord Marogar. Yeah, so Marogar is a very powerful version of uh, what me what we might refer to as a uh, bone wraith. They are large skeletal creations that are made from uh, the bones of the dead. Uh, Basically, uh, similar to how uh, you might see uh, one of the uh, flesh giants or abominations we'll talk about in just a bit. They're all made from a bunch of the flesh and gut stuff. Uh, Basically, if you just have a skeleton version and you just magically put all the bones together, you're going to get something like Merogar, who is the very first boss of Icecrown Citadel, I might add. Uh, and famous for yelling, BOOM, Stop! And swimming around, swinging around like crazy. <laughs> like he just got off a, uh, carousel and is really dizzy <laughs> or something. <laughs> Next, we have, uh, one of the new, another one of the new cards, Lady Death Whisper, who, uh, leans really into the, uh, Rasta runes that we have right here. Uh, Lady Death Whisper is a lich. Um, she is uh, one of the leaders of the Cult of the Damned, actually. Second boss that you fight in the Ice Crown Citadel raid, and uh, basically she is uh, just kind of holding a rally that you interrupt with the Cult of the Damned. It's like, and soon you shall cast off your flesh and join the true of the undeads and like and it, it's the higher form of existence and blah blah blah. Um and yeah, you, you actually have to I think you have to sit through a pretty long speech before you're allowed to fight, for <laughs> it, if I remember correctly. I can't remember if that's changed or if I misremember it, but uh yeah, that, do it doing a bunch of cultic stuff right there. Um Deathbringer Sarfang, we talked about a little bit right there. Uh he has kind of a cool thing where uh, depending on which faction you are, there's a slightly different scene that plays out afterwards. Uh, because his, after he dies as a Death Knight, his father, Varak Sarfang, comes to collect his body. Now, if you are playing Horde, uh, there is absolutely no problem right there. He collects it, says a few words about, I'm really sad my son is gone, uh, and then leaves. If you're playing Alliance, uh Barry, King Varian Rin and Jaina are there and uh there's a bit of a conflict because you know eh, the Lions and Horde, they're kind of allying against the Lich King, but they are they are enemies. And uh Varian eventually allows he's like, let him pass, let let a grieving father take care of his son. It's like he, he really respects the, the honor that Varak has. Um like everyone respects Varok uh, to the extent that when they were all uh, wheeled, they had to have a joint army of the alliance fighting Cthune, which we'll talk about when we have our final Old God episode. Uh, Verrath was chosen as the one warrior who everybody respected enough to lead a multi-faction army. So uh, that's a cool little thing that happens right there, and it's it's a big character development moment for Varian because. Uh, but he he grew up like his dad was killed by an orc trader and everything. So like he, very much dislikes them, thinks they're all evil and everything. And that's it's a bit of a character moment for him where he's like, eh, well, maybe there is there is some honor in the whore that we can mutually respect there. Um, after Sarfang, we have uh, Festergut, Festergut, and Professor Putricide, <laughs> uh, who are. Uh, Basically, Rot, Pace, and Festergut are two of his creations who you have to fight before you can unlock the door to fight Professor Putricide, who is uh, working on creating even more versions and stronger versions of the Plague of Undeath and everything, and uh, his fight involves a bunch of uh, concoctions getting thrown around he can use to mutate himself with and everything, which is... um, I guess the idea behind both the new Concoctions concept and, uh, back in Frozen Throne, his old secret uh, synergy right there was, both are kind of trying to represent that whole uh, mad scientist aspect. I think the, the Concoctions version does a much better flavor development of that. The secret wasn't horrible, but uh, it, it does make a lot more sense now with his new version, I think. Yeah. Um,
2: and oh yeah, there's... I think I forgot to make a slide for Professor Future Side. Ah, okay. Uh, I, I I was frantically no, it's, scrolling. It's, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's me. It's me. This is what happens when you do stuff at like three in the morning. Um, <laughs> and I was amazed because I kept finding like so like oh wow, Fester Gut is actually a card in Hearthstone, but it was for one of like the solo content missions. Right. Uh, um, and then Rotface, of course, is our. Uh, <laughs> Is our warrior legendary.
4: I made a stinky! (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) I made a stinky! Oh,
4: dear. Yeah. Yeah, putricide. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, they Uh, are known as uh, flesh beasts. Uh, They're like abominations that were specifically created by putricide to be even bigger and grosser. (laughs) Oh, so they were created by Professor Putricide? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes, they're, they're, they're his lab
4: experiments right there. So,
2: Professor Putreside made a stinky. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. that That's why uh, Rockface <laughs> refers to him as Daddy. He says, Daddy, make toys out of you. Oh. Uh, oh. That's what he's oh, talking about. That's that explains it. Awesome. See, it's his creator. And this thing has, like, the mind of, uh, of a baby or something. Like, you know, the, the intelligence level it's um, so like, it's, like, it's an absolutely disgusting monstrosity that you want to put down, but you kind of feel bad a little bit, because just like, yay, new toys, and he's talking about you, and he's like, gonna break the new toys, but, uh, yeah, it's, th- th- there's a lot of morbid stuff in the lore when it comes to all of this undead thing here, so. I mean, just look uh, at the
3: art, it's morbid in general, it's disgusting.
4: Yes, uh, very oh, much so, and that yeah. was their intention, and I compliment the storytellers and artists. They set out to make disturbing things uh, in a relatively family-friendly game, and they (laughs) managed to find that balance decently well, to be perfectly honest. Um, Now, uh, we also have uh, the Blood Prince Council, uh, led by Blood Queen Lanethil, and, uh, man, they were a large chunk of the legendaries back in Frozen Throne. Uh, Like, three of the only five neutral legendary minions from that set are all these guys. So, yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so you'll remember that uh, earlier I mentioned how uh, Illidan, when he was marching up uh, the Frozen Throne and he got in the big fight with Arthas and everything, he had some forces with him. He had like some Naga, he had some Demon Hunters, he had some uh, you know Blood Elf forces and everything. Well... A lot of the blood elves died that day. And uh Arthas the new Lich King is like, hmm, I can use these guys for something. So he raises them up and specifically infuses them with blood magic. Uh all, frankly, I think that uh unless like they could be remade in the future, but if uh if these cards came out right now, they would very all they would all be Blood Rune Death Knight cards because they yeah. are Vampires do exist within World of Warcraft just in this very specific undead way, um, and they are known as the Darkfallen or the Sand Lane in their language. And um, each of the uh, three blood princes is a boss that you encounter either in a dungeon or a quest earlier in the questing experience. But they're all raised up under Lanethel for a big combined boss fight in Ice Crown Citadel. Uh, so it's kind of like you have a little history with some of these guys. They're like, "All right, can't wait to put you back down again, uh, where you belong." And okay. uh, then,
2: and then wait, we had a separate slide for uh, Blood Queen Lanethel as well. Yeah. So you said that was a separate boss fight, or you, or they're all combined? So, so
4: all all three of the princes have. Uh, conflicts, I can't remember if they're all dungeon bosses off the top of my head, but they're all creep beings that you kill uh, either in dungeons or as, like, the final boss of a questing zone or something, but at the start of the fight, you see them and Lanethal is there, and she's like, you thought we died easily, huh? And just, like, it raises them all up from the dead, and then it's, <laughs> uh, they are as the council, uh, singular fights in Icecrown Citadel. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. And then a uh, very iconic uh, image is uh, Sindragosa. Not the least because she features prominently in the big uh, cinematic for uh, Wrath of the Ledge King. If you remember where Arthas just goes out Frostmourne and he cracks the ice and raises her up from the dead. Fun fact, Syndragosa used to be the mate of Malagos, the leader of the blue dragon flight. Way back oh. in the War of the Ancients, when Deathwing went crazy and used the dragon soul to uh kill a bunch of the dragons. The blue flight was especially devastated. Uh Syndragosa got thrown by the force all the way up to Northrend and died so her body is just trapped under the ice and then the Lich King eventually senses it, and he's like I sense like a very angry dead dragon presence down there <laughs> and I want it, <laughs> this and I be... want it. <laughs> yes and I want it exactly that's exactly <laughs> what happened
3: wow horses dragons oh my <laughs>
4: <laughs> and in
3: Hearthstone yes. Arthas yeah, no, right, Argus right, right. is
4: a Hearthstone exclusive, but uh, <laughs> such a brilliant pun. I don't begrudge them of that. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, and now moving on, I believe that's all the legendaries we're talking about. It's, uh time to talk about a few more general undead categories here. So, uh, Nate and Blue, what's uh, what cards are we going to be talking about next?
2: So the first one I have up is just like, it's just the classic kind of zombie or ghoul, right? Just because it's such an iconic image, and our buddy uh, the Rotted Zombie uses this image as his persona, so I wanted to touch on it real quick. We see the artwork for this throughout a bunch of different cards in Hearthstone, so I thought it was worth mentioning.
4: Ah, yes. Well, I'm afraid that I have some very bad news for Zombie about the implications of that then, because these are... The the ghouls and zombies are the bottom of the barrel when it comes to uh, the undead scourge Um, of all the undead. It's the peon. (laughs) Worse than the peon. So ghouls are (laughs) swarming, mindless cannon fodder. Uh, They they have unstoppable stamina though, and they revel in combat with living beings. Uh, They're cannibalistic in nature and replenish their health by devouring the flesh of the fallen, which is where you get that flesh-eating ghoul, uh, one of the original cards that says whenever minion dies, you gain an attack. That's what that is referring to. Um, The the secret to their creation is kind of a well-kept secret. It's known only by the Scourge, uh, some Death Knights, like the Ebonblade, who are not a part of the Scourge, and a few Necromancers. Um, So if if we're doing ghouls, maybe not quite so bad, but zombies are even more mindless. Like, they are very weak in their bodies. They literally need to be directed by a superior will like the Witch King in order to do anything productive at all. Because if you leave them alone, they just aimlessly wander around acting purely <laughs> on animal instincts. Uh, so yeah. Do they, they go nom-nom? Literally... <laughs> <laughs> they would probably go nom-nom on... Anything um, stuck uh, um, in their um, mouths, honestly. If you put a stick in there, they nom nom on that. If you put their own <laughs> arm in there, they would probably nom nom on that. Uh, they're just like. <laughs> <You> <laughs> they're can like, cool can't see. yeah I, I, I'm shaking my head, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Not at you, Goliath. Nate. Uh, yeah,
1: right. so, so, uh, it wasn't me that said
2: it. <laughs> Yeah, as far hider, that's I'm sorry to uh,
4: Obviously, <laughs> go nom nom, but uh, the, uh oh, the, the name that you choose for yourself, uh, <laughs> in, in lore, <laughs> does not speak of high capability or intelligence, just saying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no
3: bearing on you as a person. <laughs> we still love you. So
1: next, we have um, looks like some trolls. I, I've always loved the trolls. Um, it's like, you know. Uh, it's like like you said before Goliath, it's like you push like a certain caricaturized stereotype you know and if you kind of cross that line it becomes offensive but if you kind of stay within it, it it becomes endearing and I think trolls are very much endearing. King King Rostakon is one of my favorite hero uh, hero portraits uh, maybe not for the art so much but the great voice lines. So we've got here Drakari defender and Drakari trickster.
2: So we're yeah. talking about the Dr- Drakari trolls, and these were a couple that popped up, right? But like you said, Blue, these are, for, for years, my brother and I, any any time like, we'd see each other, it was like, who you want to kill? Or what's the, the shield master <laughs> say? Um, uh, oh, Taz Dingo! Stingo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I
1: remember back in the day, I loved clicking on the trolls in Warcraft 2. Dax
2: John Dax. Who's you want to kill?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are really fun in that sense. And uh, there's a lot of different types of trolls. In fact, one of the things with uh, the idea behind the Rastakhan's Rumble set was they made up this story that, like, uh, once a generation, all of the many different trolls uh, get together from all over the world and have this one big arena fight uh, that they call Rastakhan's Rumble. And so uh, one of those is uh, the Dracari. Uh You may remember the name not only from the couple cards that say Drakkari, but anyone who has played Akali the Rhinos is free little Dracari. Um So the Drakkari are the ice trolls. Uh, the, up in the north, they had a city by the name of Zul Drakk, because that's how trolls name cities. Everything is Zul, and whatever <laughs> name you are. Uh, you're Zul-Gurub if you're the Gurubashi. You're Azul uh, aman if you're the Amani. You get the pattern here. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, the Ice Trolls, uh, the Drakkari, and a couple outline tribes that aren't officially Drakari but also live in the same area, but the Drakkari are the ones in charge of all this. Um, they're one of the first uh, organizations to suffer under the scourge even when the Lich King is just getting started on all of this. Um, to the extent where they literally turned on the Loa that they worshipped. Now, as a recap, Loa are just various different types of powerful spirits that uh, trolls worship. Uh, many of them are uh, wild gods in the same vein as like the ancient guardians that uh, Night Elves and Druids call on, like uh, Balorn and Cenarius and Ursoc and a whole bunch of those. Um, And, of course, we have... Many different loa who were legendaries from Rastakhan's Rumble. Uh, Akali, the Rhino, is one of the loa who was up in the north with the Drakari. Problem is that uh, they, in order to fight against the scourge, they decided, "Hey, let's kill our gods and absorb their power." And so, wow, All they right. turned on their loa, and that's why Akali is saying, telling them to flee because like he wants revenge right here because they they turned their backs and killed him and tried to steal his mojo um and so a lot of for, for the shaman class in uh, March the Lich King it's leaning into a lot of the scourge uh drakari the ones who were raised as blighted trolls um we have uh one of our legendaries is, overlord uh drakaru who is an undead ice troll and serves as uh uh he was basically promoted by arthas uh after he successfully uh took over uh an important keep in azul dirac and uh he was to that he was tasked with subverting the local trolls and making them into an army of blight fuse trolls and uh you have some run-ins with him over the course through quests and dungeons and raids uh, in uh, that particular zone of Northrend in the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. Um, you actually fight him uh, while disguised as an ice troll. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm totally working for you. Oh, no, we're getting you. And <laughs> the Lich King actually opens the portal and visits What after you finish the, the fight. And, uh, because the, the guy's still alive. Uh, and he, the Lich King is like, You. I like you, because you were very duplicitous in this. You were very deceitful. <laughs> and I admire that, that you stabbed this guy in the back. So I'll let you live this one time. Uh, and he turns to his minion and he's like, Uh, you failed me, I'm just gonna kill you. So he asked, the Lich King actually <laughs> takes care of this guy for us. Uh, to <laughs> values. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, next, so we have uh, Abomination. Another, uh, another one of these. Um, I don't know how, how, what, what the correct term was. Once again, I always think of the character from Heroes of the Storm um, that uh, is based off of uh, these, uh, these uh, Abomination type characters. So, um, and it looks like we have uh, another one, one here. We've got Abomination yeah. and Hollow Abomination.
4: There yes. was a few
2: more. I just grabbed a couple.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, of course, there's... we have uh,
4: Patchwork as uh, one of the newest legendary cards, and we, we had him in Battlegrounds long before that. And the one um, that I
1: always think of when I see these is Stitches from, from Heroes of the Storm.
4: Yes, yes, Stitches. That's
1: yeah. it. That's that's and kind of where I was first introduced to this uh, kind of character type.
4: They are extremely disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They are also extremely stupid. Um, but basically, they, they are they are Frankenstein monsters here. Uh, they were, as I mentioned before, literally invented by Kalthuzad's necromancers and Skullamants. Um, and yeah, it's basically like you know hacking bodies apart. And sewing them together. Um, there's actually a quest in, I believe, in the Barons in World of Warcraft, uh, if you're a horde where you're helping this uh undead uh alchemist guy gather the parts, like you go off, okay. He's like, okay, i I need to create an abomination. Go off and uh, kill some of the powerful soldiers to get some limbs. And you go back and you're like, I have the limbs. Okay, I need a brain. Go off uh, and kill a powerful general because they're the only ones smart enough to survive this process because it makes. a lot stupider (laughs) you need to have something left and it's really gruesome but he's just putting it together like he's so proud of his baby here uh like yeah it's it's all rather disturbing um they are yeah uh very dangerous but they're they're lumbering but you see like with the multiple limbs they can wield a bunch of axes and stuff and Like, even though they literally have their guts spilling out a lot of the time, they're very durable, uh, somehow. And, yeah, that's basically when it comes to uh, abominations. Uh, Fun fact, if you are visiting the Undercity, uh, uh, if you're playing Horde in World of Warcraft and Forsaken, uh, they play the role of the guards. Like, if you're Mm -hmm. in like, you know, um, well, let's take Stormwind, for example, because we have a whole set based on that, and there's references to, like, the Stormwind guards, and, like, you'll click on them to ask for directions or something, to all the, you're like, I need to go to the stables, I need to go to the mailbox, where do I find the auction house, all of that. In Undercity, they have the Abominations do that. That's and right. Somehow, <laughs> they're smart enough to direct you everywhere you need to go, that doesn't quite make sense, but okay. <laughs>
1: smart enough to be an npc (laughs) yes all right um next we have uh two cards on display here we've got uh valkyr storm uh storm claimer uh soul claimer excuse me and Virgul.
2: yeah so this is for the vikrule and the valkyr um, these are just a couple of examples, but these are like kind of like the the, the Norse representations, right, of like the Vikings and the Valkyrie. Is that, is that yes?
4: Right? So you may remember from our uh, Yog Siron episode that there are the um, Titan Forge, and most of them are just Norse god ripoff names. Uh, one of them being named Odin. But spelt with a Y. So O D Y N. Not non-copyright claims. Norse God, right here. Um now I, actually now I'm picturing it like uh so I don't know to what extent you guys have this struggle when you're you have to make a username for a game or or a character <laughs> name in an MMO. And it was taken. Yeah, taken and you're playing words. around trying to find the alternate spellings that's how i feel like odin did this like oh that's taken <laughs> uh, i'll put a Y it's, in there it's, so fun it's fact. blue
2: train but but we use a three instead of an e
0: because the, the... <laughs> well so fun <laughs> fact
1: the way i spell my name is for that reason i used to when i first used blue train as my moniker. i did have an e um but it was taken because the the amalgamation of of the record blue train just spelled like a like a like an actual train on track and John Coltrane, the saxophonist who made the record who spells his last name T R A N E. There are people who use that name. So I took off the E and that kind of stuck, but yeah, if, if, um, (laughs) if it's taken, I'll I'll replace the B with a three or like a pipe and a three and and I've gotten pretty creative with it. But uh, yeah, so I, 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 I understand.
4: Odin with a Y wasn't. Yeah. And, and, so at any rate, and, um, and Loken. And, and, yeah, and, Loken and there's Tyr and Freya and uh Hodor. Um What when what was Thor? What was the uh O-R-I-N. name for Thor?
3: D H O R I N. There you
2: go.
3: Often yeah. when there's a new game that comes out and I'm not even sure I'm gonna play it, I need to log in on day one and make my name. Yeah. Just <laughs> so I know I get Just it. Before it's there taken. can only be yeah. one
2: Hydra list.
3: Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
4: Hey I will yeah, still so play Odin cool. with a Y
2: um
4: <laughs> has this uh, whole thing where he wants to um uh cre- he wants to have a bunch of warriors uh like the, the greatest warriors uh that died it, it's a very Valhalla type of thing he has this thing called the Halls of Valor and uh he needs souls from the Shadowlands Taken back, where he has built new mental bodies for them. Uh, but in order to do this, he creates uh, the Valkyr, um, who have the power to travel the Shadowlands and bring back these soul Now, the rule are uh, the originally one of the many Titan- forged races uh, who succumbed to the curse of flesh by Yalxarahn, and uh, are the distant ancestors of humans, uh, as we know them now. And so the rule kind of had a bit big warmongering thing going on. I mean, they're, they're based off of Vikings. They're doing a lot of raiding and stuff. And uh, they had actually been... Like, there were some that were kind of still around living. A lot of them had been defeated by, I believe it was the Dragon Aspects. And uh, put in suspended animation. Uh, some others had actually locked themselves in suspended animation, hoping that it would stave off that Curse of Flesh stuff and they could stay stony. And, uh, yeah, like, a man just realized what I said. They, they wanted to be stoned forever. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Um, as well, um, <laughs> as well.
4: <laughs> But But uh, it didn't work, by the way. Um, but what happened was that the, uh, Lich King, uh, managed to not only, you know, influence ones that were still living and around and stuff the Plague of Undeath, but literally just sent the Scourge, uh, forces in there, killed these things while they're sleeping in their suspended animation, and then raised them up. So there's a lot of the new Death Knight cards that are these guys, basically undead Viking ghouls, um... Some of them are made that way because they lost uh, duels of honor and, like, that's the dishonorable fate that you get made into uh, the shambling zombie-like thing instead of getting to be a more, like, powerful, necromantic-infused warrior or something. Um, And then it was from the rules that the Lich King learned about the Valkyr. And he's like, those would be really useful. I want to make some of those. Uh, So it's very similar, like, Uh, Horse, I want. Dragon, I want it. Uh, I'm (laughs) the angel thing that will carry souls and raise the dead. I want. Um, And it was actually really hard, even for the Lich King, which is powerful as mind and power as he had, but eventually he managed to figure out how to create his own. So there's two different types of Al'Kir then. Uh, Generally, uh, you can tell the difference because the golden ones... Like, I believe there's one called, like, a sun-touched here or something like that. We have one that's golden in the cards. That is right, one right. that serves Odin. The pale white ones are the ones who serve on death. Either uh, ones created by the Lich King, uh, and or after the Lich King was gone, several of the Valkyr, uh worked for Sylvanas instead, uh, and were key to keeping her alive because she died a couple times and like spends the Valkyrie to get her back up they're like they're like her life counter in a video game sometimes Um, and so yeah that's uh, that's where these comes from this particular Valkyrie is a uh, dungeon boss the exact name of the dungeon is unfortunately in my mind at the moment because I did not play the wrath of the Lich King when it was out and have not done all of the content as like the old content for me as current game. So I'm afraid I can't, I I think maybe it's a thing called the hall of mirrors. I can't remember for sure. It's
2: it's all, it's it's all good, but uh, we, we see these cards keep popping up. And so, and it was interesting. I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, but there are so many different types of undead. It's not just I mean, you know, so many cards got this new newly added um card card type or or tribe, but uh, there's really a, a pretty wide kind of variation there. And so this next one is one that you touched on earlier, so it's the uh Ner- Nerubians. So up on the screen I've got
4: Anubarak and Anubrakhan. Yeah, so the um, Nerubians are interesting because they were they are descended from old god minions. You may recall from us talking about the old gods that uh, back during the ancient days of the Black Empire, they literally secreted two races out of their uh, disgusting fleshy bodies. One of them was the faceless, and the other was an insect race known as the Akir. Now, after the Black Empire was destroyed and uh, the the Akir were eventually scattered. Uh, after a conflict with the Trolls that was creatively known as the Troll and the Gear War, um, <laughs> they uh, scattered to different areas. Uh, ones that went down south ended up becoming the Mantid. Uh, ones that went to the west ended up becoming known as the Silithid. And ones that went to the north uh, became Nerubians. Now, the interesting thing is that the Nerubians eventually just no longer worship the old gods. They somehow overcame their very origin and nature. Don't exactly know how or why, but they're like, yogg is right there in Northrend, and they're, like, not acting as his minions or anything. They're very much their own society and civilization. Hmm. And, uh... Yeah. And, uh, under, under Anubarak. And they're all doing pretty well until, uh... Scourge decides that like they want to kill them and raise them undead and everything. Uh there are a uh, couple dungeons <laughs> that take. Arthas place.
2: is uh Artha says the Lich King is so much it reminds me of um of uh Archvillain Rafam, right? I like your deck, I think I will take it. Yes. Uh, well,
4: <laughs> one thing, yeah. But one thing you can say in the Lich King's favor. He is an equal opportunity uh, corpse raiser. I mean, it doesn't matter what race you are, he will make you an undead minion to serve him unquestioningly and dominate your mind no matter what. That is equity right there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, th- there are actually a couple of dungeons in Wrath of the Lich King that take place... Uh, down in the underground city of uh, Shul'Narub, and which originally was going to be a really big zone, but they ran out of time and had to cut that from the game. You can find, like, some people on YouTube, we'll talk about, like, you know, the lost files and stuff, that uh, they can see, oh, here was stuff that was going to be in the game, it's in the files, but they, they had to cut it, so. But there are a couple dungeons there. Uh, that's actually where Hadronox comes from. Uh, oh, that okay. uh, druid card. Yeah, he's, uh, that's what, he you know, like, why is this giant spider in with all of the Death Knight stuff? Uh, because he has that particular connection. So, yeah, we, we talked about the basics of all that. But uh, figured I'd mention that there are some non-undead ones that actually serve as your allies in fighting against the Scourge. Um, so it's it, it's a toss-up. just depends on whether they're living or dead. And, okay. and
1: Nubarak was the tank they couldn't balance properly in Heroes of the Storm. That that vacillated <laughs> from being completely obscenely overpowered to basically never seeing play. Yep, and <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> his
4: Hearthstone card is nowhere near as powerful and well used.
1: No, that's why when when they first printed it, I was like, "Cool, an Uberak," and then it was like, "Uh." Yeah just like random generation fodder it's like one of those cards you're happy to get randomly sometimes in game for those grindy long matches but like yeah not generally something that you're you're planning around all right and last but not least we've got kelthuzad and born lord bone lord i cannot read anymore frost whisper
4: yeah Yeah, so we're going to talk just a little bit about what makes a lich a lich. Now, a uh, fun fact is that Bone Lord Frost Whisper is the lich version of Ras Frost Whisper, who we had in his uh, human form back in Skullamance Academy. Um, you may remember that he had this really hardcore story about like. Slitting his own throat on on holy ground in order to become a lich and stuff. Uh, he was like a like the most diehard emo. I want to be undead guy that you can get. Um, but for liches in general, uh, they are among the most powerful types of undead. Uh, specifically, uh, not only necromantic magic, but they have a large investment in frost magic. So it makes sense that you have a guy with like the name Frost Whisper. Um, I'm pretty sure that that wasn't actually his original name, just a name they took on as a lich. Otherwise, that's one hell of a coincidence. I mean, that's like naming a, a lion's Scar, and he eventually gets a scar on his face or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, liches are important in that they are very, very difficult to kill because they're tied to something called a phylactery uh which is basically a an object or a container that their soul is bound to it's what anchors them to the mortal world and it's actually that they, they don't have undead forms that are like risen versions of their living forms you may notice that a lich looks absolutely nothing like how the person looked in real life that's because the phylactery literally generates creates a form for them. So it's a completely new uh magical body that they are inhabiting as an undead. Um and it's part of what makes them so powerful. Uh they generally like float above the ground. Uh they tend to be generals commanding things like Kelthusai commanded Nexramus. Uh they're like, you know, the 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 next they're step hu- up for the Lich King. They're uh, huge
2: like, too. I mean they're like gigantic in in terms of size. Like yes.
4: Not like a normal human. Well, tall, if you're going like to have a, a magical skull right? binding object to create a body for you, you may as well make it a large, impressive, imposing <laughs> one, right?
2: Go big or go home. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, really. Uh fun thing about the um personalities of witches is that they, they are so power hungry and devious that they are constantly jockeying for power among the Scourge and uh, trying to defeat each other in subtle political machinations. Uh, so basically they, they have like this whole uh, bureaucratic backstabbing court politician stuff going on between them. Like, now I'm the Lich King's favorite. No, I'm the Lich King's favorite. Uh, like, everyone, every undead wa- wishes they were a Lich, and every Lich wants to be the top Lich. Relatable. Um. <laughs> yes, it's funny. Yes. And then, of course, um, uh, just a brief touch on uh, exactly what Death Knights themselves are as a class. I don't believe that we have a slide for this, but uh occurred to me that this is something that's probably important to talk about here. So, Death Knights very specifically um, combine uh, martial prowess uh, with the dark magic. That's exactly why the Lich King wanted Arthas in the first place, because he was really good on the battlefield. He was a good physical fighter and stuff. And uh, they they are raised in a very particular way, infused with these powers. uh, Generally, like I said, the the blood, frost, the unholy. Um, They are very difficult to kill. Uh, As an example, uh, you may recall two uh, Death Knight uh, legendaries, Well. Neutral legendaries in the past, who the characters happen to be, Death Knights, uh, Baron Rivendare, you know, the, the minions trigger their battle cry, their death rattles twice, the scourge will consume you. He had his head removed at one point as a Death Knight, but he was just risen again. Uh, again, Kel'Thuzad was doing a lot of this stuff here. Um the Black Knights uh, destroy an enemy minion with taunts, he had to be killed no less than four times by uh, members of the Argent Crusade in order to put him down for good. And because of the way they're created, Death Knights have this hunger for slaughter. They must inflict uh, pain and suffering on some living thing. Otherwise, they get this blood craze that's uncontrollable and they just go out and slaughter everything it's just a part of their you know very dark unnatural nature they they shouldn't exist really some of them with free will try to find a way to use it for good and keep that under control but like they have to be aimed at something i'd say the most realistic you could get in terms of having some sort of peaceful death knight that lives among society who's not like a torturer or something is having them (laughs) work as the local butcher uh be like yep yep, slaughtering the pigs this this keeps me from killing everybody else um i think that's (laughs) about the most the best that you could ever hope for as a death knight really wow and those are a lot of the, not every single type, but uh, when you look at a lot of your undead minions, they're probably going to fall into one of those general categories, or, the, or a slightly smaller, more obscure one that we, we've already been talking for several hours. Right? We're not going to go into every single niche here. Some of you might be happy to stick around for that, but uh, I haven't. So. It's amazing oh, that's how
1: great. how how deep. And rich it all is. I well, love about this
4: world, about this game? They've had so many years of building everything up. Uh, sure, yeah, some, some writers better than others. Some parts of the story work out better than others. Some retcons you like, some retcons you absolutely hate. But uh, it's all real interesting to explore. And, and there's always like this obscure thing of like, oh, wait, there's this thing that came from a comic book that was published uh, like seven years ago uh, that hardly anyone heard of that. It has this element of lore in it. It's like... It's a big world when yeah when it's a multimedia project.
1: Yeah, and it's <laughs> funny like just to kind of uh, underscore that like you you touched upon like the 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 um, the insectoids kind of going to the different regions of Azeroth and kind of evolving into to newer uh, different um, races that the mantid. That that was my favorite. The the pandaren and the mantids fighting in in Mists of Pandaria. That was my favorite WoW expansion. A lot of people didn't like it. I I really did, and I was really oh yeah.
4: I remember. Th- I think, th- if I remember correctly, seeing uh, a commercial for uh, Missa Pandaria uh, in a movie theater was one of my earliest exposures to just that World of Warcraft existed. I didn't play it until the Legion expansion came out. Oh wow! But uh, they come they I remember. They? I remember thinking. Well yeah, like I got in I've said this before, I got into it because of the Warcraft movie. Mm-hmm. And so I got invested in the story and I'm like, I wanna know uh what happens afterwards. And it turns out there's like twenty years of content. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot. No, afterwards,
1: And I'm You're delving like, oh, into it trying to understand too. it.
4: Which yes. frankly <laughs> it was
1: more interesting and probably better fleshed out than the film, which was
4: Yes, I, I agree in retrospect, but but I am nostalgic for it now, and I own it, I own it on DVD because it it is what got me into all this, and I I enjoy it for that.
1: That's it's interesting. Fun.
4: It
2: was fun.
1: My introduction to, um, Azeroth was Warcraft, orcs and humans. I just outed. Hell yeah, oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately Same. was I'm not old enough to have experienced that, and I don't. Maybe there's emulated versions of that old Yeah, stuff. No, G-O-G.
2: yeah get them get them them. on GOG. Yeah, you can get it on. You get them on GOG for super cheap too. And I would hope affordable. so. Uh, I would actually yeah.
1: uh, recommend skipping Warcraft Orcs and Humans and go right to Warcraft 2. There was much yeah. it played a Agreed. lot better yeah. and the the um the narrative like was Took a major step up. Yeah, that.
4: Warcraft Three was when they really took their dive into we're going to expand this into a rich story. Yeah, in
3: you Warcraft play, uh... One, you can't even move the camera around properly when you're trying to look at your map. Like it's <laughs> it, it's not it's not fun. Um, going back to that because it's just it's bad in that aspect. But it, it's <laughs> yeah. Number two is where you really start to get a lot more voice lines and stuff on the on the characters, and it's pretty good
2: yeah uh yeah you can get warcraft 2 with the expansion for 7.99 it's totally worth it it's really good here's the uh i'll post the link in uh in our in our chat in twitch and also in our discord
1: it's it still looks good today i mean you know got a got a retro feel but the uh the the art the pixel work is quite 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 good
2: it's yeah, it's very good. It 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 holds up surprisingly well. I replayed it not too long ago and um yeah, the price is is definitely worth it.
1: Well, there you go. You have homework, everyone. Go play Warcraft 2 <laughs> if you have. Yep.
2: Oh yeah. No, it's super fun and uh and meanwhile, yeah, I'll be playing Warcraft 3, which is also very fun. So, anyways we have been at it for quite a while so I think it's probably time to wrap things up but I wanted to say a big thank you um, to uh, to blue train for hosting tonight especially um, last minute and we send well wishes out to sheep and uh, hope he's feeling better soon and and um, we'll welcome him back next time and also a big thank you to Goliath for uh, being our diligent lore master as always and and uh, indulging us with all your stories it's so fun to to, to learn all of this and and ask questions and kind of figure out who's who in our Hearthstone Warcraft world. So yeah, thank you both very much. And, and Hydra I was, always love hanging out with you. So thank you for
3: being yeah. here. Yeah. I wanted to say one uh, quick thing before uh, we end this. Um, we did not for a long time, but last week put out a listener challenge and I wanted to mm, extend yeah. that for a bit. Um, so we're not going to have a winner tonight or anything, but I'd just like it to extend it at least until next week. Uh, it was just completely random because we had Dano on and we were talking randomly about a discard C'thun, uh warlock. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was to post your best screenshots of the funniest or, or amazing thing you could do. And it, you can still participate and post that in the Discord in the Weekly Challenges
2: channel. Hey, I'm excited. We, you know, we just stopped doing it for a little while because we were not getting a ton of participation and, and, uh, but Hey, if we're having fun with it and, and people want to want to join along, um, I'm all for it. So I think that's great. And I would love to see people participate and, and maybe, you know, I think people get busy. Um, maybe one of the downsides, uh, in retrospect was not having enough time between challenges, because by yeah. the time you listen to the podcast like it's already due the next day or whatever it is and so <laughs> so yeah i am all for it I think it's great and so I'm I love seeing um as Dana would say uh, Saturday morning cartoonhoons <laughs> and um, <laughs> so keep them coming in the discord and uh, yeah links to the discord are again on our website to com, and we'd love to interact with everybody it's it's a lot of fun so. All right, friends. Well, uh, thank you, thank you all again for being here tonight. Um, that basically wraps up this week's show. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have anything else for you. But for more wild content, or to see where you can find us individually, please visit us online at borntobewildhs.com. That being said, we will see you next time on another new episode of Born to Be Wild. Take care, everyone. Thank or, you. Or uh, let's see,
5: Born
3: to be Insert real button here.
0: Wild. <laughs>